Welcome to the Cinefessions Podcast, Special Edition, Volume 3. I'm one of your hosts. My name's Brandon Shawan. And joining me tonight, I have my co-host, Mark Nadeau. Mark, how the hell is everything going for you this evening? I'm good. I am psyched. We are in the squared circle. We're going to start grappling, sweating. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm lucky, I'll get a three count. Oh, my God. The thought of Mark sweating. Nothing turns me on more. Oh, I do it when I walk. <laughs> exactly. And and Mark, we are this is really exciting yes. because we have a, a very special guest with us joining us tonight to discuss the WWE's greatest Royal Rumble card and that is Ed. Ed, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here tonight. How is everything going for you? Everything is great. I just wish one thing since this is the uh we're talking about the greatest Royal Rumble, I wanted to be known as the most awesomest podcast co-host in the history of life. Oh, yes. That that note will Shit. be made on the show notes. Yeah, Mark. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'm running it down right now. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I yeah. appreciate that. Excellent. So, Ed, no, Mark was saying you don't really have uh, – you are not don't really have any websites to promote or podcasts to promote or anything. Um, but tell us a little bit about yourself. When did you get into wrestling? How do you know Mark? What's what's life about for, for Ed? Um, you don't have to tell me that. Don't tell him that story. Yeah, I'm, I don't think there's any place for white slavery on the show. Um, <laughs> uh, I've, I've, you guys, if you guys out there are listening to this and you enjoy what I say or hate what I say, you can uh, follow me over at Blood Type Online on Twitter. That's where my wrestling ramblings go. Um, I've been involved with wrestling for a long time. Um, I've been watching since 1984. Wow. Um, I've been involved with wrestling in a lot of different ways. I've written about it. I've been in the ring. I've done backyarding. I'm a moron. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm qualified to speak on it, so to speak. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, Ed is my favorite moron. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, man. Very cool. And Mark, now yes. I meant to comment on this. I think this was last week's podcast. You you said something that made me take do a double take, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then you just kept going, and so I didn't go back to it. But okay. did you say that you knew? Um, ah, shit, Cody Rhodes. Like since your day starting out, like did you were you in the squared circle before? Uh, no, with Kenny Omega uh, back in early late ninety nine, early two thousand. I got involved in wrestling. There was a local uh, radio DJ that had a uh, small tape, I guess, emporium inside of a uh, picture frame store. So I okay. got uh, involved in tape trading and stuff. And this is in the era of, you know, hardcore wrestling. And so ECW yes. is going strong. You know, uh, Mankind, you know, jumped off the cage. I was into death matches at the time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not athletic, but I can probably do this. I can bleed, right? <laughs> so my goal was... I've witnessed that, actually. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So my goal was to actually start training and uh, be a hardcore wrestler. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, training didn't go too, too well. I wasn't the most athletic guy. Um, I feel I'm in better shape now than I was then. But uh, on uh, dropkick day, I was dropkicking to about maybe knee level. So, <laughs> you know, and then when we're doing, you know, back body drops, I wasn't fully rotating and kind of flailing as my head would uh, scream down to the canvas. So it wasn't really for me, but I made friends and I became a uh, referee and uh, I also was a manager. 
Um, I did wrestle some, uh, but very, very little. Uh, I never thought I was fully trained enough to actually do something decent. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, during one of the... There were various promotions in Winnipeg that would run weekly bar shows. And uh, this is where, because Kenny Omega is from Winnipeg, Manitoba. And uh, he was involved in uh, Premier Championship Wrestling, or PCW. And uh, I I was never friends with the guy. Uh, Like, he was very cordial. But, like, he's at this high echelon. And I'm just this lowly, you know, just referee slash, you know, help setting up the ring type of thing. So, like... our, our circles never meshed, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, re- I refereed some of his matches, but, like, I was never oh. buddy-buddy with the guy. He was, like, flying to the... And, and not that he wasn't a, a bad guy. It's just that, you know, I was too far low on the totem pole to other than saying, you know, like, good evening and, like, how you doing, you know, when you introduce each other, you know, backstage. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really had any interactions with him apart from that. But uh, even then, he had the best matches. And mm-hmm. this is, you know... Shit, almost 20 years ago. Wow. So, and, and now his matches today just blow me away. <laughs> like, <laughs> his current feud with Cody Rhodes, you know, with the, the whole mm-hmm. t- who's taking over Bullet Club. I'm just loving it. Well, you you somehow got a little sexier just now, and I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> so, that's yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah, well, you so, know, I, I appreciate that. If you want an it by 10, I'll, uh, I'll get a shirt, you know, <laughs> sign it and send it. Very good. Uh, so, Ed, do you watch uh, anything outside of the WWE, or do you kind of stick to to uh, WWE at this point? Um, I'm a pretty hardcore guy with this okay. stuff. I, I've been watching wrestling, like I said, since '84, and I started getting into it with like WrestleMania, the original. Yeah. And uh, since then, I've watched everything. I was a tape trader in the '90s. I've <laughs> watched. I mean, if there's a company you could name, I've probably seen something from them. Wow. Um, because I mean, I I, I mean, I don't follow everything i mean i tend to follow what happens but i don't get to watch everything um i love new japan love uh some of the stuff that ring of honor does um but you know i've always been this is really weird for me because one thing i don't understand in current wrestling is how people take up for companies like gangs like i'm a wwe (laughs) guy i've never been a company i like wrestling Mm -hmm. i watch terrible i don't care it's wrestling that's what i like and i think that you know, part of the thing that everybody seems to miss with wrestling now is there's a there should be something for everybody in a wrestling show. There's room for the the roided up freaks. There's room for the spot guys. There's room for guys that can't work and are just funny. Mm-hmm. That's part of the show. So, I mean, but I, I do follow everything, but I do think it is kind of weird, though, how there's like this divide with wrestling fans. It's bizarre to me. I do find that's kind of dissipated a bit since pretty much you have like WWE and then right. pretty much all the other indie feds are practically sharing the same roster. It's the same top yeah. 30 indie guys traveling across, across the country and around the globe. You know, back then, WCWWB, big fights. Nowadays, I don't find it as much, uh, but it's still there. You know, you still got the tried and true that will never waver from, you know, their love for promotion. Uh, and to those guys, they just need to open their eyes to what is really out there because there's so much and a lot of it is really good, unlike what we're going to talk about tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
That's an, an excellent segue into what we are doing here. So to, to just give a quick reminder of what these special edition episodes are, uh, these are bonus episodes for the Synthesis podcast. So as you guys know, uh, if you are longtime listeners, which frankly we'll probably be reaching <laughs> uh, a different audience than we might normally for the Synthesis podcast, but that's fine. Uh, you know, these are, this is just something for us to have some fun with and maybe pick up a couple new listeners along the way and to get add on. Ed, obviously it sounds like you are, uh, the, the perfect person to have on for this episode. So well, I'm excited you. to uh, get to it. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But anyway, so unlike in the first two volumes, we are talking about a wrestling event here. But in the future with these special edition episodes, maybe we'll review a graphic novel, uh, a TV series, or maybe go back to another film. Basically, these special edition episodes are free to be different. Uh, whatever we feel like talking about outside of our main arc, this is a good excuse to do that. Um, and you guys can help decide what it is that we talk about for these episodes if you uh, have any suggestions at all. Um, don't be afraid to send them our way. Um, if you have a screener that you'd like us to review on one of these, please let us know. Just hit us up. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, we're at Cinefessions on all those. Uh, you can email us at contact at cinefessions.com and uh, you can give us a call uh, with our voicemail at 1-302-448-TALK, 1-302-448-8255. Um, so, and again, as we've mentioned, in the interest of full disclosure, we do want to point out that maybe eventually, uh, but it might be a little bit longer out than we initially, initially anticipated, but these special edition episodes we're hoping will be worth your time and worth your support on Patreon. So that's kind of what the goal is for these in the future. Um, but for now, these are, these are completely free, not behind any paywall of any sort. You can get them the exact same way. You can get our regular episodes by following on iTunes, subscribing on iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher Radio, however it is you like to listen to podcasts, you can find ours. So with that said, tonight, we are here to discuss the WWE Network Spectacular that was the greatest Royal Rumble. So we've already talked about kind of our history with with uh, pro wrestling and, and myself. I've just been a fan ever since I can remember. My uncles got me into it. Uh, he used to have like the old WrestleMania 1 VHS tape when I used to watch it in my uncle's basement all the time and then really got sucked in uh, with the Attitude Era just because I was in middle or elementary school, late elementary school at that point. And so it was uh, just the thing the kids were doing. And so obviously I got sucked into it at that point. Um but if you do listen to the main show, you know Mark and I usually kind of hijack the uh, <laughs> the media section and we uh, talk about pro wrestling. And so we figured, what the hell? What better place to put a full discussion on this than a special edition episode? And hopefully you guys agree with us. So um, again, if you're not a big wrestling fan, this, this uh, episode might not interest you. But if you are... Definitely stick with. Hopefully, we got some uh, fun things to talk about here. So, just so everyone knows, we have changed up because normally we use a four star scale, but we have changed things up a little bit um, just because pro wrestling is different than film and television. You know, normally um, these show pro wrestling matches are are rated on five stars. You know, you have the Dave Metzer's you know five star scale. That's kind of the infamous. Uh, pro wrestling rating scale. And so that's what we're going to use here. We're going to talk about each match from the Greatest Royal Rumble, uh, give our thoughts on it and give our star rating on uh, out of five. And then at the end of it, we're going to give a full uh, grade for the show using that traditional grade school rating system from A plus to F. 
So without any further ado, let's dive right in. Uh, if you have not seen WWE's Greatest Royal Rumble, there's going to be spoilers. We're going to talk about all the results. If that matters to you, might want to watch the episode first, uh, the uh, the event first before listening to this episode. So the Greatest Royal Rumble, we are live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Live on April 27th, 2018. So just this past Friday from when we are recording. Dive right in. Did you guys watch the pre-show, the kickoff show for this at all? Yes. I know. Was it? Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you saved an hour of your life. Because, I know. Uh, I was expecting maybe like a, 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 a prelim match or something. And yeah. it was just recapping storylines, which in hindsight wasn't too bad for me since I don't <laughs> really follow the product uh, religiously. I'll check right. uh, Reddit for some results. Uh, but as for watching the show, uh, well, I don't have cable and the network doesn't have up to date episodes. So, right. eh. um, yeah, so I watched it, uh, live, you know, in my underwear on my beanbag chair with my kitty cats. So, <laughs> yeah. After watching some NJPW, I believe. Oh, you're goddamn right. <laughs> I, got, I, got, <laughs> I have to catch up, you know, and it sucks That's too right. that I did that because like I'm watching something really good <laughs> and now I'm watching the network, but you know, I'm uh. like, on paper, this card looked pretty good. Right. So I'm thinking this is this is a Mania style card, mm-hmm. uh, just without the women, which were the best part of Mania. So how are the guys going to push it? Are they going to raise the bar? We'll find out after the pre-show. Yeah, and I didn't watch the pre-show. I texted you actually, Mark, and I was like, "Hey, are yep. there any matches on the pre-show?" Because normally there are nowadays. Yes. There's two, three matches on the pre-show, but I was glad to find out there wasn't, so I could skip that hour. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, so I dove, yeah, I dove right in. And our first match, they were dubbing a dream match: Triple H versus John Cena to kick things off. And with this one, John Cena, uh, uh, it breaks out of the cross face, turns it into an attitude adjustment. Then goes right into uh, a slingshot into the ropes, trips, bounces off, and uh, Cena hits another attitude adjustment and gets the pinfall victory. So Cena takes the first match, which I feel like it's the first kind of large, uh, maybe main, uh, what am I trying to say, like uh, high profile match that he's well, won in a little while. So Cena, yeah, well, <laughs> after what happened with Taker at Mania, yeah. I'm surprised this match lasted this long. I think mm-hmm. that's exactly why it did. Um, exactly. Kind of give Cena a little bit of shine. C- Cena really is the guy that should have won the match. Triple mm-hmm. H, even though Cena's basically as part time as Triple H is, um, Triple H is going to be there no matter what. He's part of the you know the the corporate side Authority. of the company. Yeah. So right. uh, you know Cena isn't going to be around as much you know with doing certain projects outside of professional wrestling. So, mm-hmm. and I say this to a lot, I know a lot of people don't like Cena, but trust me, when he's gone, you will miss him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's going to be a big deal. So I'm glad that he won. And I, and I thought it was a decent enough match. Nothing crazy. Um, I, I know they t- kind of do the dream match thing a lot now. And mm-hmm. it, when a show opens with a match, it's not really going to be a dream match. It's, it's just to set up the rest <laughs> of the show. Exactly, yeah. and and in this case here, like they 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 call this like an historical event because it was the first match in Jeddah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you know, Trips and Cena want to get that historical first match. Yep. Um, I'm surprised it was the first match though because I found this match quite slow. You know, and that's 
that's my that was my biggest takeaway is normally these you know the opening match is going to be quick it's quickly paced it's going to get the crowd into it but yeah. this one was very like slow you know uh different holds just keeping it grounded for a while a lot slower than i expected a, an opening match to be well it's like they're taking a, a you know a back suplex and then like you know, Cena's laying on his back for a minute and a half, trying to catch his breath. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, and the, the announcers kept saying, you know, they're bringing it down to Triple H's pace. He's doing this on purpose. Right. He's methodical. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of boring. As a first match, you know, in this huge uh, in this huge event, um, mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised by the uh, – well, I'm not surprised by the uh, placement just because of ego – <laughs> on both, yeah, right. on on, on the both guys, but uh, for the match itself, I thought it was a bit of a snoozer. Uh, it wasn't a bad match. It's what to expect from these guys, but mm-hmm. as an opening to get the crowd growing, it, I felt it didn't. Oh, I, the crowd was hot because it's the first time they have an event like this, right? So and obviously they're gonna pop at everything. But for myself, I was checking my phone. Yeah, and that's what I think. So. It, it it didn't get the crowd going because of the excitement of the match, but just because of who was there. John yeah. Cena, Triple H, obviously huge names. And um, the crowd right from the start, I thought was really electric. Um, but the spectacle was awesome right from the start as well, which I think really helped set that uh, kind of um, electricity, I guess, through that first match. But then as it went on, it felt like it died a little bit. And from that point on, I really didn't think, I think there was just a few moments where the crowd really was getting into things, even for the rest of the show. Mm -hmm. But I think that might have something more to do with the arena as opposed to the crowd not actually being into it. I think Um, that's a great point because it's an open air stadium. So that noise is just going to go straight up to the sky as opposed to an arena. Yeah. Yeah. And the, what I think was interesting, and I'll just talk about it now because I noticed it right from the start was, did you see the seats? That they were sitting in yep. along ringside. Yep. Well, that was, and that was I realized for the ro- it's, yeah, exactly. It's for the royal family, which yeah. explains why it's not steel chairs or something. It's, you know, these like lazy boy looking things. Yeah. Here's, some, so I th- here's an interesting little point that I found out after the show. Um, okay. If you guys watch the show, you notice that those fans in the, where the royal family sat, there were some signs, okay? Mm-hmm. Like fans holding up signs. Those were apparently the only people allowed to bring signs into the arena because the others that were brought were confiscated. Oh, I didn't oh, wow. know that. Yep. That's huh. it's a different ball game for the royal family than it is for your average mm-hmm. citizen there. So and I think that, that also sense. too, that's the reason why they started the show this way. Because mm-hmm. like Mark said, like they usually start with a more higher paced, like exciting matchup. These right. people don't know wrestling like the audiences that we're used to seeing. So I yeah. think mm-hmm. instead of doing that, they wanted to get the big names out there. We'll get them that way. And then and which is funny because if you go into the second match, you kind of get what Mark was saying about what normally <laughs> comes first. Right, exactly. Yep. Um I feel like we got our our first botch um of of the evening. Um there was the oh, I can't remember it was a I put we guess spine buster spine buster off the top rope. <laughs> um, that looks it just looks sloppy i think was the issue oh that's right when cena came diving off the top and trips was it was supposed to be him catching him and spine busting him but it almost looked like a power bomb it just looks sloppy and i was really surprised they actually showed a replay on it and i was like man that didn't look very good yeah that caught but, my attention as well I'm like was that supposed to be just like, to catch him into a power bomb or right. did somebody just slip and it became a spine buster mm-hmm. <laughs> really it's the same move you know it's a back exactly. bump uh, but yeah, it, it looked, uh, it looked a little weird. And it's kind of not really the right thing for those two to be doing with each other. Cena's always, and I, I like Cena as a worker. 
Um, I think people crap mm-hmm. on him a lot, um, but he is kind of herky jerky. Oh, yeah. And there's certain things that I, like Mark, you might know this. Remember like a, a year or two ago, he was kind of doing this stone cold stunner move and it never looked right. Yeah. Like ever. And that's <laughs> a springboard stunner yes. off the ropes. And yeah, it never, look good and at it all. never looked good. Mm. And it's just the kind of thing like that. That's the one thing I will say about Cena negatively is he doesn't really know his limitations as far as things he shouldn't be doing. He'll try anything. Hmm. Now, I, I think the reason he was doing that, though, because it was during his best run, personally, yeah. that I believe, when he had the U.S. The title. US That's title. a great run. Yeah. And then yeah. I think he elevated his game when uh, Owens came mm-hmm. on the scene because mm-hmm. him and Owens had some of the best matches during that time. Where I was excited to see Cena because I was sure to see an a fantastic match. Uh, right. Now I find he's reverted back to his kind of thugonomics gimmick. You know, it's it's still like you know, hey kids, believe in yourself. But he's still doing the five knuckle shuffle, and like I find he's regressed style wise. And maybe it's because it's Cena, or because it's uh, Triple H, and because he fought Taker before that. You know, I just don't find he's got the same passion for it. Now it could also be that he's going through a rough personal period right now. Yeah, who knows? Right, but. uh yeah, it's just not the same Cena. And if he wants to go make movies, go make movies, you know? Well, you know and then when he comes back, we'll be excited to see him again. Here's something that's kind of funny, right? Whenever you watch WWE programming, at least in the last, I'd say, year with John Cena, right? He's mm-hmm. kind of presented as like this older guy, this veteran, yeah. this guy who's at the tail end of his career, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the same age as Bobby Roode and AJ Styles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and those right. guys and AJ, the company sets up AJ as the best in-ring guy in the world, which right. I don't agree with. But I, I always think that that's funny that they're it's like, oh, there's old man Cena. And it's like, well, your <laughs> other stars are about the same age, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just because those guys are so much newer in the company and Cena's been there since shit. When yeah. was when was prototype? Oh, uh, you he, know, like three? Yeah, he's been there about 15 years legitimately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah. that was as Cena. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, he was right. there in two thousand and three. He so he was. You're when you're right. talking prototype, you're talking like three years even before that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. still in the F- FCW, right? Yep. Yeah, and it's funny too because like or no again, OVW. I'm, I'm sorry, OVW. Pardon me, OVW. Um, and and it's funny too because oh, okay. like I'm I'm watching New Japan and like the the in the IC champion in New Japan right now is uh, Minoru Suzuki, yep. and he's either forty nine or fifty one. Yep, and he's mm. having fantastic matches and can wow. easily out wrestle Cena, but it's a different product. Japan yeah. is it, another world. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. That, I think you, you know, can be seventy and still it, have a belt. It is not fair. Like I, you know, there's like somebody brought this point up to me about like you know the best worker in the world at one point, and this is probably last year when people were talking about AJ and they were talking about Okada, mm-hmm. and the reason why a lot of people would put AJ above is because if Okada came to WWE. There's no way he's going to be at the top of the company. I'm not saying they're not going to use him, but he's not going to be the the universal champion and the main guy, right? Agreed. But when AJ went to New Japan, he was the main guy. Mm -hmm. So he translates where, and it's no fault of Okada. (laughs) AJ translates over there, but Okada won't translate well over here, which I disagree with a little bit. But, you know, I don't think he's going to reach that main level, not in WWE. Oh, I, I forget his name. What was Kenta's name in WWE now? Kadeo Atami. Atami. Yep. Oh, Atami yeah. was huge in Japan. This mm-hmm. big deal. He comes here, gets hurt, comes back, hurts someone. Like, 
but you don't <laughs> see him anywhere. It, it, like they don't. He's been buried. We'll see. There, there's a couple things about him too. He's a little bit older. He has a lot of mileage on him uh, from Japan. Yeah. And he was really good in Japan, but that was another era. He wrestled in pro wrestling Noah. He was never a huge star in New Japan and All Japan, and that's because of his size. Now okay. we're starting to see that change a little bit where got smaller guys could be on top of the company. But I'll tell you right now, a guy AJ Styles size would have never had the IWGP title in the 90s. No way. Hmm. Absolutely yeah, no. not. That was heavyweight and heavyweight only. And they yeah. booked the, the juniors different and essentially – it, they would have matches where the heavyweights would face the juniors, like somebody like a Jushin Liger would come up and face a heavyweight, and the heavyweight would generally kick his ass. That's just how they did it. <laughs> but yeah. it, it also makes sense, though. It does. Yep. You know, like I, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, how like Mysterio, which again, I, I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of. Oh, I, I never really stop was. It. I, I like his WWE <laughs> stop stuff. It. I never liked his WWE stuff. Oh, this whole... stop! See, he started now. See, this is where the arguing is going to come in. So, if you guys are listening to this and you like arguing, this is where you're going to get it from me. Yeah. Um, it, it, my personal pref- my personal preference. I just never liked him, and I never understood his feud with Batista. Batista should have been able to slaughter him silly. Well, see, and, you're missing you know? the point, though. Okay, well, okay. well see, hmm. that Mysterio is a different Rey Mysterio. He was working the WWE main event style. It's different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He can work with anyone. That's what's great about Rey. And it's and he's he's one of the best baby faces of all time because of his size. Yeah. Um, hmm. But I look at Rey as a different kind of person. I remember okay. seeing Rey Mysterio for the very first time in about 1995. I had never seen anything like Ray. I mean, there's guys sure. like I can count on one hand the the guys that I've seen in my life that were really, really special with what they did in the ring. And I'm talking about like a Hulk Hogan, a guy who is at the top of the business because of his charisma. I'm talking about what people actually do in the ring and Mysterio's yeah. on that group. I was that and Sabu's another one that was on that group because people people sure. are used to seeing Sabu as like a broken down kind of a mess of a person. They didn't see him in 1994 mm-hmm. when he was legitimately top five in, in on on the planet. No one was doing that stuff, honestly. And that's why that's why I love. I Mysterio. can't picture Sabu. I can't picture Sabu without having his jaw duct well, taped, or you know, that's like, part of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he's always yeah. that's his gimmick. He's always like he's he's that car that looks like shit but can yeah. still go. And mm-hmm. I, I, I will backtrack my comment. Um, I like WCW and ECW Mysterio. I just never mm. liked him in WWE. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I think it's mm. because he took his mask off and then he put his mask back on and then had those weird straps in the back. I don't know. I'm just, I, I prefer the <laughs> purple suited with the, with the, you know, right. That's, that's yeah. just Halloween Havoc 97 Mysterio. That's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know what though? I the one thing I'll point you to, I don't know if if you've seen it, if you've ever watched it before or if you've ever revisited it. But Ray's feud with Eddie Guerrero in the WWE is amazing. Sure. Um when they were feuding over Ray's son. Ray's son yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's it's great and the, they had great chemistry and everything else. I mean, they were good friends obviously. Yeah, right. There's a lot of stuff with Ray that I think is really really good and I I mean in the last uh, say twenty years, I think Ray's probably in the top ten. Mm, wow, that's high praise. At least in North America, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like when you work in the Japanese guys, all things change. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think as far as cruiserweights or light heavyweights go, Ray Mysterio's right there amongst the best of all time. Oh, cruiserweights, mm-hmm. totally. 
as a heavyweight, no. But as a cruiserweight, I totally agree with you. Totally yeah. agree. And you know what's great? We we had our Ray conversation. He won't come up again tonight. So there we go. Yes, he will. <laughs> what? Spoiler. Roll for me. Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> excellent. So before we move on from this match, sure. what, what are your uh, what's your star rating for Cena in Triple H, Mark? Uh, I give it uh, two out of five stars. All right. What about you, Ed? I gave it three. I thought okay. it was a pretty safe match, so I, I'll give it middle of the road. Perfect. Yeah, I, I ended up giving it two stars as well. It felt a little sloppier than I expected um, between the two vets. Um, ended up just being nothing special and kind of forgettable overall for me. So um, I agree, though, that the, the right person did win the match to kind of get that crowd where it needed to be. Um, and that led us into kind of what we would think of normally as a traditional opening match. And that was mm-hmm. the cruiserweight championship match between the champion Cedric Alexander versus Kalisto. So uh, the finish on this one, Cedric uh, counters into the the lumbar check from the uh, Salido del Sol. Thank you. And yeah. gets the pinfall victory to retain. So Alexander picks up the victory on this one. What were your thoughts on this one, guys? Um, I, oh, go ahead, Ed. I, I thought this was really good. Um, I, this is coming into it. I really didn't care too much for Kalisto. He's okay. They don't really do much with him. And I like Cedric. I liked Cedric before he was in the WWE. Yeah. Um, but, man, they were working really hard in this one, and I really enjoyed it. It got me into it. I was really surprised at how hard they were working. And they did – there's some pretty crazy spots, including a, a – and, I mean, it, this in itself is in a spot. But you'll notice if you watch this match, there's a part where Cedric Alexander will Irish whip Kalisto into the ropes and drop kick him directly in the face. And, I mean, they show a replay. <laughs> He kicks him yeah. right in the face. It's pretty great. Um, but yeah, I really liked this one a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. And for like a 10-minute cruiserweight title match on this card, uh, I think it was one of the better matches, to be honest. Okay. Very good. And I'm kind of with I was never – I'm never really a Kalisto fan at all. I've, everything I've watched, I just haven't really been too impressed with him. But I think this match he did a lot better than I expected. There were just some some spots where I was I was just genuinely impressed by him. Um, one of them that comes to mind was the the spot where Kalisto he jumps over the top rope, lands on the middle rope, and then does this flip into a somersault to the outside onto Alexander, which I thought just looked that awesome. was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if you caught this or not, but when he did that, he actually sat on the top rope when he did that. Oh, really? No, I didn't even, I didn't catch it's that. Because I was like kind of taken back by it. I mean, I know he could do mm-hmm. stuff like that, but it was like really weird to see it live. And I'm like, wait a minute, what did he just do there? And then when I seen <laughs> it again, I'm like, that's a great move. That's the kind of stuff really that, was. that Kalisto needs to do. That's what, yes. that's what got my attention in the match for somebody that doesn't particularly like him all that much. Um, mm-hmm. He won me over in this match completely. Yeah, apparently Cena taught him that match or that move. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you can use this kid. I'm going to retire it. So, except for his his uh, version was botched and really, really herky jerky. Well, right. Seen right. his problem is he doesn't tie his shoes tight enough, and then the laces, you know, they they get undone, and then he trips over his own feet. You can't underestimate the inflexibility of jorts. <laughs> right? They look good on TV. I'm like, man, it's not breathing. 
when he takes them off, it probably smells real bad. I mean, it is kind of <laughs> funny because, like, when I see Cena wrestling in jorts, it's like I don't, I wouldn't even want to get into a fist fight in jorts. I mean, I'm not going to no. wear jorts anyway, <laughs> but it's like, especially baggy ass jean shorts. Like, right? It's like let me just trip over myself so you can kick me in the face. This will be wonderful. <laughs> but r- really, any jeans like you know Ambrose, uh, he wrestles in jeans, Ugh. and mm-hmm. and then uh, David Boy Smith Jr. in Japan, he wrestled the last two matches I saw in jeans. I'm like, that's wow. I chafe just sitting down too long in jeans. I don't want to <laughs> wrestle in jeans. No, you know, no way. It, it, ah, now now then again, if it, if we're fighting in a Texas death match. Then I, we got to wear jeans and cowboy boots and tape up our fists. Otherwise, <laughs> sure. oh, it's right. not a Texas death match. <laughs> but I'm always wearing Wranglers in those matches, though. That's true. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, um, so for myself, this match, I thought it was a great way to counter affect the slowness of the first match. Mm-hmm. I still thought it had a lot of cool moves, but they weren't rapid fire, though. You know, they would pull off a cool move and then they would like do a rest spot. Or, you know, both guys got hurt, so they're both resting. So, I didn't feel it was like a CWC match, where it's like, mm-hmm. go, 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 bang, 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 bang. I thought it was a quicker match, but still for a cruiserweight match, still kind of slow. Uh, which is interesting, because I think it started off kind of bang, bang, um, back and forth between the two. I thought they had some really cool moments right at the start, and then it yeah. slowed down a little bit for me as well. well um, and see, me personally, I'm not going to hate on that, because I feel like they were trying to do something the cruiserweights get kind of ragged on for they were trying mm-hmm. to sell so i give them a, i yeah, give them credit yeah. for like it's kind of cool when you see guys like this like at the beginning of a match it's like like you said it's like bang 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 then they yeah. slow it down a little bit then they bring it up a little bit at which because yeah. i think that they did that well like they brought it back down and then mm-hmm. as far as from that point where they brought it down to the end of the match i felt like it it built to a stage to another stage to another stage where then they were doing all kinds of crazy shit so that mm-hmm. that I liked. I, I was really okay. impressed by that because that's something that you don't really see from them. Yeah. Right. I, I, I just felt it was just too long between. I, I all agree. Like, you do a devastating move, it's going to take a bet out of both guys. So you, you should sell a devastating move. I just felt it was too much in between all those cool moves. But that's just my personal preference on yeah. that. Um, and one thing I just hate and I don't like Kalisto. I never liked Sin Cara very much. But this whole Lucha, Lucha, trying to force the crowd to say Lucha with you. I Especially just, in Saudi Arabia where they right. have no idea what the fuck you're saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like they don't watch NXT. They don't know what the Lucha Undergrounds are. I did not care. I, I just don't like that. I never liked the Lucha Dragons. Um, I, I just don't like that chant. It's forced. If the crowd's it doing is. it, great. But to me, when you have to cheerlead your own like chant uh that that's i, I just <laughs> I, I i my my guts turn inside out i'm like oh, you know what's ah, funny you know? it, here's something funny right okay so that that's pretty normal we're used to that with Kalisto. like he mm-hmm. comes out and he does the lucha chant right yeah. and i think most people just don't think about it but i wonder what people would think if like you know uh i'm trying to think like what if nakamura came out and just was like put Puradesu, which is Japanese wrestling. <laughs> or like somebody comes out and they're like, all Japan. All Japan. Because that's what he's doing. Yeah, there right. is no lucha. Like, I know people oh, like lucha cool. underground, but let me be clear when I. There is no lucha in the United States. Yeah. Now, if a Mexican company like AAA would come here and do a show, 
then there's lucha in the United States. But there's no fucking lucha in the United States. That's not what they're doing. I wonder if people even know what lucha really is. Right. Um, and I'll be honest with you, and this this has always caught me shit from other fans that watch a lot of wrestling. Mm-hmm. I don't really like lucha. It doesn't make any fucking sense. That's just <laughs> well, me, though. I, I, I I'm not a big lucha libre fan either myself, to be honest. Yeah. And I don't consider Boyle Heights to be in the U.S. to begin with. So this whole Lucha Underground stuff, no, 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 no. That's not in the U.S. Hmm. It's just a cute <laughs> name for them, to be honest with you. Yeah, right. and I, I do like girls in masks, though. Oh, I have no problem with that. Yeah, and whips. Hmm. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah. At the, uh, I really... They, were, they had this that seated springboard Spanish fly from the top rope. I thought yes. it looked fucking awesome, but damn, it took great. a long time to get set up from yeah, that top did. rope. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know if I was the only one that thought this, but th- I think that was the beginning of my thoughts for this for the show, which is really funny whenever it comes to something that happened in the the Royal Rumble itself. But I noticed a few times during this show where I'm like, someone's going to die or get really hurt here with some of the goofy shit that they're doing mm-hmm. yeah and that was like the first i'm like wait a minute somebody's gonna like they're gonna slip here and this <laughs> is gonna be really but they but they did nail it and it was great and i'm glad they did so yeah definitely yeah. and so i, I like cedric alexander a lot so yeah. you know like like i'm ragging on but, the match because i'm ragging on uh Kalisto, but like i like cedric in the cwc I like He's him really as, good. Yeah, I yes. like him in his indie stuff prior to being in CWC, and yep. I like him as a champ. He's well deserving as a champ for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, give some respectability to the belt that uh, kind of got lost when uh, Enzo uh, took the title. It give his him a run ma- with it. Yeah, Let him go. exactly. Yeah, his match at WrestleMania I thought was fantastic. Uh, between good. him and um, remind me. Um, I'm not a big. Um, I don't really watch the CW. I, I don't know his name. I keep thinking yeah. Dar, but it's not him. It's uh, Heart and Soul. Uh, God, whatever him. Anyways, yeah. yeah. But so oh, Mustafa I, Ali. That's yes, hard. thank you. There we thank go. You. So I ended up giving this one three stars. It might be a little low that I'm thinking about it, but I thought it was a better match than I expected. Uh, Kalisto was able to pull um, pull off some of the more impressive spots I thought throughout, uh, but still ended up getting beat in the end, which I think again is, is the correct result. And I was happy to see that. Um, but strong match, if nothing more for me. Um, what about you, Mark? Uh, I give it uh, two and three quarter stars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's legit. That's a little bit. The Melster. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll tell it. you right now, I'm, I'm doing uh, what uncle uh, Melster's doing, but I, uh, I promise you there will not be a six-star match tonight. Yeah, that's that's where uh, – I'm sorry, but I call a little fuckery there with uh, right. Meltzer when he does that. But Yeah, somebody likes funny. to give uh, somebody else below jobs. Like, you don't mm-hmm. – you just don't do that. That's sucking somebody's dick. Well, it's like, you know, like whenever you get a perfect paper in school, they didn't give you 110% because they were <laughs> right. your answers. It's either 100 or it's not. So Look, yeah. it's A++. No, no, fuck off. <laughs> There's no plus plus. <laughs> That's like the shit you used to do before taking it home to your parents. Like, I got an A++++. Plus 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 plus. And they're like this fucking kid. But, I mean, that's – that's it's stupid. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. What were your what were your uh, star rating for this one? What was yours? I actually gave this three and a half. Um, I was okay. pleasantly surprised. It was it was a short match. It was only about ten minutes. But I thought that they worked yeah. at a pretty good pace. And I, I really – like, I watched that match twice. I really liked it a lot. Good. Excellent. So match number three, we had the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship match. This was the basically the tournament final because of, uh, of course, Braun Strowman and uh, Nicholas vacated the titles after WrestleMania. So. Fuck Nicholas. 
Uh, <laughs> it was all so we had until everybody realized it was a referee's son, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even Make-A-Wish. Come on. I they know. view Lashley yeah. at Mania instead, you know? Mm-hmm. I wish it would have been a but Make-A-Wish we- kid because then he could have tried to plancha and been like, well, fuck it. What are they going to do? Kick me out of here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus The Bar, of course, Cesaro and Sheamus. So... Uh, the finish here, Hardy tags himself in, and him and Bray hit an elevated twist of fate, giving Matt Hardy um, uh, the chance to get the pinfall victory. So Hardy and Wyatt take the Raw Tag Team Championship belts to Raw, which was probably my biggest pr- complaint with this, was there was really was only one team that could win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was a little disappointing. But um, what, what, were you, what were your thoughts on this one? I I thought this... This is the first match of the night where I'm like, oh man, this whole card is a house show. It's a glorified yes. house show. Um, I thought it was, you have the title belts on the line to crown a new champion. And I thought it was so comedic. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't get into it. You know, they kept chanting, before, they, they kept chanting the bar or, you know, do the crazy woken laugh or delete yeah. instead of like attacking your opponent or even pinning him. So I felt there was a lack of urgency on both sides. And if you're really gunning for the tag straps and you really want this championship, you're going to go balls to the wall. And I felt it was like two teams playing army or war with Nerf guns. I Mm. I just didn't feel there was, I I didn't feel the prize was that important to them. And although I did like the match for the most part, um, I'm just glad that Bray has something to do now. Um, but I just didn't feel there was, uh, I didn't feel it was, it was that important of a prize to win. Yeah. Okay. Now, let me just say that I think that when, whenever they started doing the team of the bar, I didn't really care for mm-hmm. it because I don't, I don't particularly care for Seamus all that much. But, I, uh, but yeah, I think yeah. he's done very well. And I think the team itself mm-hmm. is done very well. I really do enjoy them. Yes. Uh, they put on great matches. Yeah. They're a good, good team. But man, this fucking match sucks. Hardy yes. and Bray <laughs> are terrible. Um, I don't, I, I think putting them in a tag team together exposes both of them horribly. Um, Matt can't mm-hmm. move like he used to. It's not Hardy Boys Matt anymore. Nope. And when he's with Jeff, you yeah. can kind of cover that up. Okay. And plus, they get by on their legend. You know, but at this point, yes, they right. deserve that, period. And Jeff still works yeah. really hard. Um, but, man, they suck as a team. I was kind of pissed off whenever I noticed that this is the route they were going with them. And, and yeah. I knew they would win the belts here because, like we said, you know, the bar's on SmackDown now. This match was mm-hmm. terrible. I didn't care for it. I thought it was sloppy. I thought it was uninspired. It came across as filler. Uh, like Mark said, it totally, other than the title change on in and of itself, it would otherwise just be a typical run-of-the-mill house show match you'd see in Milwaukee. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like honestly, see, I, I think what hurts the bar now is that them getting jobs so hard at Mania, I can't right. take them seriously anymore, and I see them splitting. I. Th- oh, I don't know. I think they've run their course. Well, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, and I don't know how true this is, okay? But a couple months ago, mm-hmm. I heard something that apparently Seamus got – a diagnosis that he has really, really bad neck problems. And I don't mean you need to retire today Uh, neck problems, but like, and this is from no source. This is just me using as a hypothetical example. 
like you might have about a year traction left in you. So do what you want to do. If you have any other problems, obviously come and see us. But I think that's why he's in a tag team. I think it's kind of holding mm-hmm. Cesaro mm-hmm. back a little bit because I think Cesaro would be totally fine on his own. Um, yeah, oh, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me that it's worked out how well it has for them. And if obviously it mm-hmm. is, uh, an injury for Seamus, that's, that sucks. You know what I mean? Cause like I said, I'm not that big right. of a fan of the guy, but I don't want somebody to have to retire because of physical reasons. So that sucks. No, um, yeah, but exactly. yeah, it was a little disappointing this one for me. I, I, I thought, I thought even maybe, you know, seeing it on paper, I'm like, well, the bar's in it. So maybe they're going to be the ones to make everybody look great. And it just mm-hmm. really wasn't that. See, I'm kind of uh, the opposite. Like to me, this just feels like four guys that they didn't know what to do with. And so they put them just in two different tag teams. And frankly, I like the idea of, of Hardy and of Matt and Bray together just because it's something for them to do. Otherwise, they would probably just be off the card entirely, I feel like, at this point. Um, and so I, I like that, but can't can't disagree with you in terms of exposing their weaknesses. Um, I never really thought about it, but just watching them, this match here, you really see that. Um, and I'm with you guys. I just didn't enjoy the match. I have like no notes on the match itself, except for the fact when uh, the bar hits their tag team move off the top rope and they both try rolling out at the same time because Seamus forgot he was the legal man. That made me chuckle a little bit. Um, and the elevated twist of fate, fate, I think is a pretty stupid ass finishing move. I it don't looks like terrible. That. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. But otherwise, I don't really have any other notes on the match. I don't remember much of the match <laughs> other than them standing there going, delete the bar, delete the bar. That's it. Yeah. And I, I hate that shit. I really hate <laughs> it's that It's like shit. when the guy starts clapping, I, like in the middle of the ring to like kind of get the, like at a beginning of a match, they just, it's yes, like, come, let the yes. crowd do it organically. If they like you, they'll do it. Yeah, otherwise, right. it's just pantomime. It's garbage. Yeah. Yeah, so I ended up giving this one one and a half stars. I mean, the crowd didn't seem to give a shit, neither did I, really. Um, the outcome, just stupidly obvious, since only one of these teams is actually on Raw anymore. Um, I This is the first time I wrote this down, but I'll write this down more as we go or talk about it more. I liked Corey Graves on commentary here. Oh, and yeah. frankly, I, I love Corey Graves on commentary, period. He's, I think, the best thing, the best commentator they have going. Uh, and him and, and Byron is Byron is just so opposite, and I like that dynamic. And then kind yeah. of Michael Cole being Michael Cole. It it works though for the, with that trio. But other than that, I just <laughs> I just didn't really care about this. I'm interested to see what Matt and uh Bray do going forward, but I just think it's it. so it. weird because like before they got to WWE, they were hot. Ring of Honor mm-hmm. champs, you know, like they were a big commodity. They make mania, huge surprise, and then they fizzle out. A lot of that's Jeff's injury though. Well, yeah, I also exactly. Think, I also think Impact, though. Impact Wrestling kind of putting an embargo on that gimmick so they can't use the Wolk. I honestly think his Wolken gimmick is like a year too late. Well, you know they made a deal, right? Yeah. No, they did. Yeah. That's why you can use it now. Well, they're, not only that, but apparently, uh, and I haven't seen it, but there's a new Hardy Boys DVD that's out that the WWE put out that, believe it or not, has Impact Wrestling footage on it. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They made, They cut a deal. Um, because Impact is owned by a different company now. They're mainly Canadian based, and yeah, and they're hemorrhaging I, right. money. And I and I think they're starting to realize way, way, way too late that it's in their better <laughs> benefit to work with people than it is to go against them. Exactly. Yeah. But I, you the know, day TNA shows up on the WWE Network is the day I'll never leave my house. Like I need to watch some of that shit I've missed. So <laughs> yeah, 
I, I want to watch all. I want to watch all the awesome Kong matches. I thought you were going to catch up on your. Uh, the, just look for the best of Abyss section. Ah yes. Ah yes. yes. Abyss and Sting ah, for the forty seventh week in a row. <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, but this I, week the ring is eight sided. Ooh. <laughs> so, so you could do twice as many moves. Get it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many corners. Woo. But yeah, I, I by the way, I agree completely with your star rating, star and a half. Yeah. Waste of time, filler match. Didn't really care about it one way or another. I kind of just watched it to see the titles change. Mm-hmm. But and now it's like, where the hell do they go from that? Right. And what about see you? these barn burner matches with uh Bray and and Hardy on Raw every week, you know? Yeah. And and one thing because you mentioned mentioned how you didn't really take many notes during this match. Mm-hmm. I didn't either, but you know what I have in all capitals here that kind of makes me laugh? <laughs> What's Bray that? is boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to be upside down and I got dreads and it's like, cool, yeah. well, can you fucking do one move that doesn't look like shit or <laughs> and and I don't do this to people. I I I sincerely like I said earlier, I believe everybody has a place on the show. Mm-hmm. But God damn, he's such a sloppy fat fucker, and it bothers. <laughs> and I'm no, I'm not Mr. Universe, but come on, uh, dude! Like you clearly uh, just like come in and blow out your fucking you know lantern, and then you go to mm-hmm. White Castle every night or some shit. Like it's <laughs> it's just shitty. And and you know what? I can handle that from anybody in the wrestling business for the most part. But your goddamn Mike Rotundo's son have a little bit of fucking pride in your appearance, man. It's trash. Yeah. Well, even Bo looked chunky on this card. And you know what? Bo, Bo looks decent, though. He doesn't. I mean, I get what you're I, saying. I, like, he I think I think it's a right? cut of a singlette. Because I think it's just too far low, and it just makes him look uh, bigger than he is. But at the same hmm. time, I, I I'll give him a pass because mainly what Bo does is comedic stuff. Yeah, and and Bray's yeah. legitimately like uh, the voodoo priester of of New Orleans, and it's like, mm-hmm. but you're a fat goofy fucker. It's stupid. Yeah. It's just not. And I'm not trying to hate on Bray. Like, there's been a lot of times where I thought Bray did a really good job with a lot of stuff they give him. But when you can tell when he falls down the card, there goes his momentum. There goes his passion to really give a shit, and he's just kind of by the numbers guy, and he's boring. Well, well, he got he got jobbed so much that at this point, yeah, he's all entrance and cool intro music, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. pretty much it. I totally that's agree. It is. I yep. think it was once he lost to Taker at Mania is kind of when I stopped caring. Bingo, about Bray. You nailed yeah. it. That should have been because there was so much talk at the time of Bray being the new Undertaker or the right, new yeah. version of like that type of character, and they yeah. just never gave a shit about that. And it was like, oh, no, Taker wins. At this mm-hmm. point, I. And and I know it's a caveat. Well, actually, I'll save it for the taker match later. That's okay. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. What oh, were your star rating? What was your star rating for this one? Uh, I feel I should lower it now, but I give it two and a half stars. And okay. I honestly don't know why, because all I've done is shit on the match. <laughs> but I guess <laughs> I guess I thought it was better than the opening and not as good as the second. So I gave it an in-between. So two and a half. Awesome. All right. So match number four is the WWE United States Championship match. We have uh, Jeff Hardy, the champion, taking on Jinder Mahal. <laughs> so the finisher Hardy hits the twist of stunner, I called it, because it looked like a stunner more than a twist of fate. Um, and then the uh, Swanton bomb, and he gets the pinfall victory to retain. So what were your thoughts on this one? Oh, boy. Uh, holy fuck. Um, I guess the only thing that I can really talk about 
is that phantom bump he took. Oh, that was oh hilarious. Oh, my God, yes. What the fuck wow. was that? Like, I, like my cat, I yelled, my cat jumped six feet in the air. I had to catch her. <laughs> I had to and catch her. Um, and I got to say this, man, that was 100% gender's fault. A hundred percent. Oh, he, you, you either make sure the guy hits you, or if right. he doesn't, you don't sell it. Period. That's it. Yeah, and exactly. he just made the worst possible that. decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he moves out of the way and then bumps half a second later. And, um, and then you have to listen to Corey Graves and everybody bumble around and trying to explain what they think happened there, <laughs> and it's, it's just a fucking mess. And, right. and good on Corey to try to salvage that debacle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Jinder was saying he was playing possum. He said that on Twitter. Like, yeah, I was playing oh. possum. I'm like, you can't play possum because the guy will know if he didn't hit you, fuck. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. In fairness, maybe he did. Maybe he just hung himself upside down and went to sleep. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to play possum, you have to make it obvious that you played possum. Like, right. like Bret Hart you know, was great at that, I thought. Yeah. He used to yes. always do that and, like, roll you up and beat you. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he was playing possum. He's the guy that, to me, like, invented that type of thing, hmm. at least from my perspective. But, yeah, it's – bottom line is, <laughs> if you have to go on Twitter after, like, a day after a match and explain a spot in it, you fucked yeah. it up royally. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So, aside from the botch of the match, which, to me, was was really the highlight – any other thoughts on uh, Hardy versus Mahal at all? For me, I just thought it was like a basic television match. You know what I mean? It, it feels like something that you would have seen at like 930 on Raw. <laughs> right. That's exactly This is a match that they would have another storyline played during the match on a smaller mm-hmm. corner of the screen. So not really paying attention <laughs> to the match itself. And you know what? Right. Something else that I noticed during the match, I don't know, you know exactly – if this is the case or not, but it comes across to me like Hardy hurt his knee like a week ah, or so before legitimately. Yes. So it was definitely going to be a problem in this too, because obviously mm-hmm. they couldn't change the match and credit to Jeff for going out there and actually just having the match, the best match that he could, which wasn't right. very and good, but it, that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. And if, that's what I wrote down actually, is it almost felt like they were trying to protect him somehow. And that's what it felt like, like he was hurt and they were trying to do something so that he didn't hurt himself more. So it felt very safe. And here's something else I wanted to mention too. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this in my notes. It's insane that this match is happening for a title in 2018. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the Hardy so one, one half of the Hardy Boys versus one yep. third of 3MB <laughs> for the US title in Saudi Arabia in 2018, uh, folks. There yeah. you go. And it's funny too how the announcers mentioned during the commentary that Mahal had the home credit advantage because his house was about two thousand kilometers compared to Hardy's, which was six thousand kilometers. Mm-hmm. That's uh, still not yeah. in your backyard, son. You know, so right. trying to give something to Mahal to work on, but yeah, it just didn't work out. And, yeah. and I'm surprised that Hardy actually has the belt, especially since he just had a DUI. Uh, I know. I was shocked too. So you know, you know what though? It, it the same thing happened to one of the Usos before WrestleMania, and they didn't they didn't take the belts off them until WrestleMania. So, but they didn't know which one. I didn't it even was. know that. <laughs> it was Jay. Oh, I said, is that the guy on the left or on the right? I don't know. <laughs> it's the one on the in the middle. <laughs> okay. The one the one that's not married to Naomi. Oh, we, we, yes. we don't like that guy. <laughs> I just don't like the way he looks. I'm yeah. fine with the other one, but yeah. that guy, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he needs a Naomi in his life. 
Oh man, I won't argue. Yeah, with so that. <laughs> I I ended up I ended up giving this one two stars. It just felt like another one that was just lifeless, kind of it was sloppy, lackluster. Nothing that I'd remember I put by the end of the card. And frankly, I don't remember too much of it outside of that botch today. Yeah. Um, and uh, it just felt like another outcome that I saw coming. So, um, yeah, I gave it two stars. What about you guys? Uh, I, I oh, go ahead. Ed. I went with one this time. Um, okay. It was just, it, it's not that it was like a terrible match, but it, it was seven minutes. Jeff was hurt, I believe. Um, yeah. It just kind of run of the mill. Like I said, it's a 930 Raw match. Meh. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. This match was a Divas match from like 2006. <laughs> you know? Because like, uh. I, again, I don't watch it weekly, but the women's matches are sometimes the highlights of the show. Matches like this mm-hmm. will never capture a spotlight. I so I gave this one and a half stars. Uh, okay, and I'm realizing that because I gave this one and a half stars, I'm being nicer to other matches um, mm-hmm. because there's still some snickers coming. But uh, I, I th- <laughs> this one I think takes the cake. It was just pure garbage for me. Um, I, okay. I felt bad for Mahal because he was a jobber. They pushed him into the spotlight, um, but too mu- too much. Yeah, you yes. know. Um, like Orton should have beat his ass over and over again and just couldn't get it done. Um, I thought that feud killed him. I, I really did. They just kept it going and going and going. Yeah. And, and whenever you do something like that, like they, years ago, they did the same thing with JBL and they had him beat Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And yeah. then they were really fast to move him the fuck away from Eddie Guerrero because you don't want to have him beat Eddie six times. And right. I mean, that's also part of the reason why I think Orton's one of the most boring people on the roster. Mm. Oh, yes, I agree. I used to <laughs> I used to really like Orton, but man, I've just he's lost his appeal at yeah, this point. Those sweet yep. tats though. Yeah. It's that My uh, wife loves him. It's his refurbished funny. hair. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that if you noticed him and John Cena both have. Y- yeah. I did notice yeah, that. But do. did you hear that the uh, tattoo artist who did the art on uh, Orton's arms is now suing uh, WWE 2K17 because they don't have the rights to reproduce his artwork? Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. So, jeez, man, we're getting a little out of uh, out of pocket with um, (laughs) like copyright infringement, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell. And really, hmm. I I don't know if you guys noticed this or not. I know this is a completely different segue, but if you watch old stuff on the network, right? Mm -hmm. They will like put the music over top of music that they actually already own. I I know that I don't get that well, right. There's a few. Okay, there's a couple. Like oh. one of the things that I read is they do. They always do it with WCW matches with DDP. Yeah, and it's because mm-hmm. the WWE feels that 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 theme is too close of a ripoff of It Smells Like Teen Spirit. Oh, so, do so I. they won't use it. Oh, <laughs> um, which is bizarre to me. But I'm like, you know, this is where we are with legalities and everything. But, you know, right. I know tons of artists that have their shit stolen all the time and nobody seems to care. But, mm-hmm. you know, if they had a billion dollar corporation behind them, everybody would be paying <laughs> for that shit. Exactly. Well, even you, you watch, all, yeah, you watch all the ECW stuff. Everything's dubbed over with different music. I'm like, I yeah. glad I saw some of my old tapes. You know? you know what though? Mm. I I get that though. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, it too. sucks, and yeah. it it it, yeah. it definitely makes a difference, not for the good. But I mean, I understand why they can't just play like you know Dr. Dre and Ice Cube or right. you know stuff. I get that, but yeah. like 
oh, we feel this is too close to the original song. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's arbitrary as hell. Well, right? even if you listen to uh, to old uh, uh, DX stuff, when Billy Gunn comes out and he's, you know, I'm an ass man. Now it comes out mm-hmm. and it's like, I'm a butt guy. I'm like, why change the lyrics? Are you serious? I didn't. I've not seen one, I guess, with that with that intro music lately. No, I'm not serious. Okay, I was oh. going to say, I wasn't <laughs> sure there, but it, you know what? I'm a I know, can't tell sometimes. It's goofy <laughs> enough for me to consider it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Mark's jokes on here. Sometimes I can't tell if he's joking or not, so then it just flops, and then I look like an asshole, and it's just, it's a mess. Well, so. see, I know, know Mark pretty well, and I can tell yeah. when he's full of shit in person, but when it's <laughs> when I can't see him, I'm, I'm all out of sorts. Well, it's, it's right. a modulator I'm using right now in my voice. <laughs> Well, you don't want people to uh, think you're the nicest guy in, in Montreal. <laughs> yes, I keep getting that in my inbox. I love that. So we, we were at a at a restaurant at a melt in Cleveland, and mm-hmm. uh, we were about a dozen people. And uh, the waitress, you know, gets everybody's orders, and uh, she loved you, she, man. Ah! I don't, oh, I don't okay. overplay it, but apparently I was a, a nice, <laughs> the nicest guy in Winnipeg. I was the nicest guy in Cleveland. It's I, that accent, man. I, I, you know what? I yes, should have told her. Exactly. I think we told her where we were staying, but I should have given her my number. I, I was mm-hmm. trying to tell you that. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and then I went in the direction and look what happened. <laughs> so, boom. <laughs> it all ended up horrible. No, I'm kidding. Uh, kinda, but that's a different I'm... podcast. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So after this match, we have this like weird intermission thing that wasn't prayer break. That was just strange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of skip through that. I don't really but, want to talk about know, that though, too much we, unless there's something special you guys wanted to mention. Well, we needed that break because after all that high, you know, impact action we just had, like I had to like change my shorts. <laughs> well, I mean, I well. I personally took a prayer break hoping for better matches in the second <laughs> half of the show. But the God I pray to doesn't exist. So unfortunately, <laughs> nothing changed. Oh man! I hope I don't piss off some viewers or listeners with that. Hopefully, oh, oh that's no. fine. I, I've let's, said let's... worse things. Exactly. Oh, perfect. Yeah. See if I can uh, step so it next... up in the second half here. <laughs> 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 the next match is the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. We have the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers, um, and the Bludgeon Brothers hit their double powerbomb finisher, and then they get the pinfall victory, so they retain as well. Uh, so thoughts on this one? I have very little written down. I really thought that the Usos were belts back against, um, <laughs> I, I have, I, I like the masks that they come out in the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah. You know, you know Savini made one of them. Yeah. That's what I heard. Um, so they look mm. cool, Wow, but they take their masks off and I don't know, man, Harper looks weird in his gimmick. I don't. Very. He looks. He looks small. Like he's lost muscle. Deaf. Not that he really mm-hmm. had a lot to begin with, but he just looks smaller in in the suit, and uh, it does him no service. Like it does him no favors. I should say. Um, I thought this was very one sided. Usos got yep. barely nothing in this match. It was it was a squash match, and uh, it surprised me. I didn't expect this match to go this way at all. Well, you know what? For me, at least. See, I kind of disagree. I don't think it was a squash match because if you watch the match, the Usos do all their stuff and then the Bludgeon Brothers just brush it off and beat the piss out Mm -hmm. of them. Um, 
Now, I look, I know I try not to be one of them fans that gets upset whenever what I want happens doesn't. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the Usos are legitimately one of the best tag teams in the world. Agreed. And they deserve better than this. They, yes. they, I'm sorry. They didn't. They were playing up that thing before WrestleMania, how they never actually had a WrestleMania moment. And this year they're going to get theirs. And and then this is what you do. Like you, you reward them for, I'd say, a good at least year, year and a half of really good work by just having them. Oh, let's bring in the big dudes and just have them sloppily beat you. And I don't think anybody cared. I don't think that this the the crowd was really impressed all that much with the Bludgeon Brothers, right? Um, which, by the way, I have to mention this. I hate their gimmick. I think it's stupid. Me too. Um, <laughs> I just don't care for it. Um, but you know, one of the best teams in the WWE um, jobs in five minutes, and on top of it, they have the Bludgeon Brothers kick out of the Usos finish, which I hated too. Yeah. Um, it's putting all your eggs in one basket and. Whenever in three months or however, you know, a month or two months or whatever, when they realize that the Bludgeon Brothers are boring, they're not going to have anybody to face because they just had them beat the shit out of the entire roster, which is also a problem that they face on Raw with Brock. Yes, I'm kind of opposite. Like, I I don't know why. I'm not a huge fan of the Usos. I I never really have been. But they tend to blow me away whenever I actually watch them wrestle. Like, uh, their matches with, like, their kind of their whole... Uh, segment with um the the new day yep. uh that stole the you know the, there was a match of the night for me and on multiple cards and so i i definitely respect them as a team i just i don't know what it is about it might be their gimmick or whatever i'm just not a big fan of them um and this one to me was just kind of middle of the road i kind of expected it to go the exact way it went with the bludgeon brothers kind of doing this elonged elongated squash of sorts uh because at WrestleMania, that's exactly what it was. It was a squash match. And so that it had that same feeling to it here. But Usos were getting some some offense in. It was just didn't really have an effect. So it was kind of just very middle of the road for me. And you know what, too? I completely agree with what you just said. And I think this is something the WWE doesn't really understand. The Usos just, like you said, and I totally agree with this, they had some amazing matches with New Day throughout the year. Mm -hmm. They really did. Like, some of the best matches on the pay-per-views would be those matches. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever you have a team like the Bludgeon Brothers just completely brush off their offense and win the match, you're kind of even burying the New Day. Right. Yes, exactly. And they don't understand. And that's something that for me, like with Japanese wrestling, they get that. So it's like, don't Mm -hmm. do that in this match because we're doing this over here and that will hurt this. So don't do. And WWE is just like, ah, fans are stupid. They won't even think about it. Well, I think (laughs) about it and it and it makes it unfortunately hurt other people that have nothing to do with this match. By, but other than by association, and it's just a bad look on their part, and it's not how – like, it's fine to get a team over, but not at the behest of four other teams. It's really stupid right, yeah. to do that because then they have nothing to fight against, and then when you put up matches, no matter who you put them against, no one cares. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have two problems with this scenario right now is when I hated Usos as Babyface Usos. They reinvent yeah. themselves as street, and they're fantastic. It I'm works well. Now. It works very well. Mm-hmm. So they reinvented and won their crowds back. Two, the Bludgeon Brothers, they've been jobbers for I don't know how long. And now or they're just a- not on TV at all. Yeah, not to exactly, interrupt. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. But now they're a force to be reckoned with I, against the Usos? I don't think so. So I, I just didn't like this at all. Like, 
I, I, I don't know. It just, to me, again, as a casual fan now, didn't make much sense to me from my previous knowledge. So, yeah, I, it, this is another match. I was just not happy with the end result. Yeah, would I? Would I? Would you guys agree with the fact that I? It feel it, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you just kind of want to move on, and you're like, "Wow, that's I don't know why they did that. I just want to forget <laughs> that it even happened." Right. Uh, yeah, I did. I, I I just think this again uh, just adds to the point that this is a, a house show. It's a, another mm-hmm. glorified house show because there's no way, and they're they're and they were promoting this as the you know a, a great big event, and. They do things like this. I, it just boggles the mind. I think at this point, I tweeted, I'd rather see a three-match NXT card over a seven-match whatever I'm gotcha. watching right now. Like, yeah, uh, it, it's just it's it's hilarious how like they can do everything right with NXT and they can do everything wrong with everything else. Yeah, you know? I, well, I think it, I think they're different presentations and they're for different audiences. Yeah, but at the yeah. same time, though, like. This is what bothers me, and this is what would bother me if I was a superstar. So I'm sitting here, and we're talking about this match, and I'm kind of shitting on the Bludgeon Brothers a little bit, okay? Mm -hmm. But really, that's not fair to them either, because how much are you going to show me in a five-minute match? Right. That is all one side. Like, you're not giving them a chance to really tell a story other than we're the shit kickers and nobody could really hang with us. Well, great. We've seen that story a million times. I used to watch wrestling as a kid every Saturday, and I'd see five matches exactly like that, where one guy beats the piss out of the other guy, and you knew it from the beginning, and that's Mm -hmm. what it was. But Mm -hmm. that's not what wrestling is anymore, and that's partially their doing. So mm-hmm. kind of a, a bad look on WWE right there when it comes to stuff like that, because you're really shortchanging guys that might be good and could make you money, but you're just choosing. It's like lazy booking. So uh, just do that. It's five minutes. Who cares? And mm-hmm. I like Harper. I liked him as the I IC champ for that small period of yep. time. I never liked uh, Eric. The, I don't remember what his name is. Eric the Rowan. Rowan. Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan. I just. I, he's not believable to me anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And and now Harper, I think his talk has gone down big time. Even though he's a tag champ, I think less of him now. Um, I, I I I do think it's because of the shitty outfits they're wearing too. It just it, it just makes no sense to me. It looks it's too mm-hmm. similar to Kane. You could have changed the color scheme at least a bit. You know it's, this it, red bondage bullshit. Let Let's be. It looks like Kane and the Ascension's gimmicks had a baby. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> exactly right. And it's just weird. Yeah. I don't it's kind of like I don't understand when they do this, but like obviously I I get the reasoning. They have costume makers, right? Yeah. And I'm sure they mm-hmm. don't have 7,000 of them. It's probably like a couple people. <laughs> and you really notice after a while that it's the same person making all this stuff. Yeah. Right. Which kind of right. sucks because then guys don't like imagine if in the 80s everybody that was wearing a robe like Ric Flair's went to the same woman, then Ric Flair's mm-hmm. robes wouldn't be all that special because 90 people would have them. Yeah. No, I agree. So, and that's important. And it's little details like that that I think that can make or break a gimmick. And right mm-hmm. now it's breaking a gimmick. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, definitely good points. What um, I gave this one two and a half stars, probably a little generous, but I just thought it was very mediocre. Um, and I think the lack of, of the crowd reaction was really starting to get to me at this point. Um, again, we already talked about what it, why we think it was that way. Um, but either way, it just, it didn't 
it's not uh, it's not really on fire like it was at the start, and it's kind of just hurting the momentum of the show for me uh, going through this. So I just thought it was mediocre. What about you guys? What was your star rating for this one? Uh, I gave it two stars. I, Same. I, I I didn't like it. It was quick. Yeah. I I still I thought the Usos deserved the respect. Didn't get it, and uh, mm-hmm. they got buried. Yeah, for the second show, the second really big show in a row, and that's unfortunate yeah. because now what do you do with them? Uh, well, there's exactly. WWE Payback where they get their payback. <laughs> yeah, got backlash. Oh, is it backlash is it backlash? Oh, okay. Yeah, is it this Sunday? Yes. Uh, yes. Oh, yep. Jesus. Okay. Wow. So the yeah. <laughs> next matchup is the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. Seth Rollins as the champion versus Samoa Joe versus The Miz versus Finn Balor. Balor, excuse me. Balor. Um, and right, and the finisher Rollins kind of he he springs onto the ladder from the top rope and snags the belt right out from Finn's hands, uh, who is on the other side of the ladder of the ladder. So he retains the IC title. So on paper. This reminded me of the match at WrestleMania. I thought this was going to be the sh- the um, match that stole the card for me. And I was let down just like I was at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on this one, guys? Um, again, it looks good on paper. I thought it was a serviceable uh, match, ladder match. Mm-hmm. The best match on the card so far. Uh, but also very lackluster, especially after seeing a six-man uh, ladder match at uh, NXT Takeover. Uh, <laughs> right. I thought the I thought the guys again, you know, since this is a, again a house show, they're not going to take crazy crazy bumps. I didn't think anybody took yep. anything uh, death-defying, um, mm-hmm. but it was still serviceable. It told a nice story. Um, it's funny how you know Rollins made a dive to the floor where he dove through the second rope. Uh, early in the mm-hmm. match, and then kind of just landed on his feet. I'm like, whatever. But then Balor uh, did something similar where he did, I think he jumped off the top turnbuckle onto the floor, but did like a three, or he did like a, a cannonball in the air. And I thought, mm-hmm. I thought that looked so much more impressive. Um, I, I find Rollins boring ever since he became a good guy after Fake, his yeah. heel uh, shield run. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't think anything was uh, mind blowing, but it, it wasn't bad. It was a a basic four corner ladder match. Uh, nothing blew me away. Okay, guys. Well, this is where I'm taking everybody to school. Okay. <laughs> this, Good. This match was fantastic. Um, okay. I thought that they stayed away from a lot of the really crazy spots, but that worked fine for me. Um, all these guys work very, very well together. I think that Rollins and Balor, Rollins and Miz, and, and Samoa Joe, I think, is good with pretty much everybody in this match. But these guys have really, really good chemistry together. I thought the match at Mania was really good. Um, I thought a lot of their matchups on Raw were really good. And if you guys saw Raw this week, uh, Rollins and Balor fought in the main event, and it was a really good match. Okay. Um, I think Miz is the best chicken shit heel in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, pre- yes, preach on. He Absolutely is, agree. I mean, the parts in the match where he just kept trying to work with the other guys against the other people and stuff, yes. like that's great to me. Yeah. He's one of my favorite characters that they have. Literally, Miz to me can do no wrong, and he's one of the most basic, safe in ring guys. Mm-hmm. Um, which so it shows you that 
if you want to be that, if you amp up your character and you're good on promos and stuff, you can do that and still be a really important integral part of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought everybody in this match was, they were all going really, really hard. Um, and I completely agree with or disagree with something that you guys said. I think Rollins is one of my favorite guys in the company right now. Really? Oh, okay. He works on such a high level with everyone. Um, I don't, I think that he kind of stunk as a heel and probably mm. never really should have been one in the first place. I think that probably should have went to Ambrose. Out of, really? if, if you had to pick one of the three. Um, okay. wow. See, I like I, him as uh, the, the chicken shit champion with J&G security. I fucking yeah. love that. See, but to me, that, like, for example, I'll use Miz. I think Miz fits in that role so well because, like I said, he's very safe and very basic uh-huh. in the ring. Okay? I'm not yeah. saying he's bad. I'm just saying he wrestles a style where he doesn't get injured very often. Sure. And he d- he does high spots, but he's not doing planches off the ceiling. Okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But I just think that Rollins – something with Rollins now is he's seemingly connecting with the audiences as a babyface when he wasn't doing that as much before. Or at least when he was with the Shield, even if he was a babyface, he wasn't acting like one. The Shield would just kind of be tweeners or do whatever. Um, so I'm kind of enjoying seeing Rollins as a basic babyface. He's not corny. He's just a, a super athlete kind of a guy, which is that works for me as a babyface because when you do when your your move set is amazing mm-hmm. and you do a lot of flashy stuff, it's easy to be a babyface because who doesn't like stuff like that? Yeah, And on top of it, too, as far just to bring it back to the match itself, I absolutely loved the finish because I thought it was something that we don't see a lot. Normally, a guy's climbing up the ladder, everybody else is on the floor, yep. and you kind of think it's coming. But and, and on top of that match, or on top of that finish, it, it's integral and it's, it's specific to Seth Rollins. Like Samoa mm-hmm. Joe couldn't pull that finish off, but Rollins can. Yeah. So if he can do it, then you have guys like him do that because it's impressive. It shows their athleticism, and it shows you why guys like Rollins end up in ladder matches to begin with, because they can pretty much do anything when it comes to the in-ring stuff. I think my problem with the match, and especially the match finish, is because this card has been so uh, underwhelming and safe, and there's been no title changes apart from creating Mm -hmm. new champions, I saw, quarter of my eye, Rollins getting ready to to do his move to jump up, so it was he was like at the apron and he was looking at uh, at Finn, just waiting for the proper timing. So I, I I expected him one to win because no belts are going to get exchanged at this event, and just mm-hmm. knowing that I guess just bad camera that you know he was getting ready to do his move. Like I don't know, it just it, it sucked. I was hoping Finn was going to win, and it also sucks for Finn because. I guess when uh, Rollins took the belt, I guess the belt strap cut Finn in the face. So Finn actually yeah. finished bloody at the end, which it sucks. You know, accidents happen. It's wrestling. I saw that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just because I expected Rollins to win, I was kind of like, eh. And I was hoping another person would. Like, I wanted The Miz to win the IC belt and to stay on Raw, you know, uh, because I think mm-hmm. he is the best IC champ. In a long fucking time. Totally uh, agree yeah. with you there. You know? Totally. So, yep. so like, Miz is a heel, but he's a cool heel. People mm-hmm. like him, but he's abrasive, you know? 
Um, but he also yeah. he doesn't play to the like that's what I like about him. He's a heel and people do like him, but he's totally that guy that the minute people were like chanting for him, he's like, I don't need your support. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so and and I think that so many guys want to be the cool heel, yeah. and they forget what their job really is. And and you know what, Miz has never done that ever. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. always known his character. And, and at least in my opinion, played it to the best of his abilities. Even when I wasn't big on him years ago, like when he was, he was the WWE champion. Yeah. He was always good with the promos and, and, and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's kind of like, well, if, if he's good at that stuff and if he keeps having matches with good people, he's going to get better. And I think that's exactly where he's at right now because I think yeah. honestly, you'd be hard pressed to find more than maybe three or four guys in the entire company that are on Miz's level and no heels are on his level at all. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm I'm so happy that we're all in agreement there because that's what I wrote. I was like, wrote down that this is a good time to point out that I think the Miz is my favorite WWE personality right now. Like he's, he's just fantastic and in know, his role and, you, and you always know, a joy to watch. There would have been times where if somebody would have said that to me, I'd be like, dude, are you serious? Yeah, well, exactly. Sure. Like right now, you're absolutely right, man. He's just a yeah. blood. He's always fun to watch. He's mm-hmm. always, you know what? Whenever you watch Raw or Smack or whatever show he's on, even a pay-per-view, yeah. his segment, his match, his whatever, or it, it's always one of the more important things on the entire card. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's actually thanks to Ziggler for me. His feud with Ziggler, where they kept wrestling over and over again, I loved every single match I had in that feud. I guess was it two years ago now? Um, yeah, yeah. I, to me, it's it's Ziggler made the Miz for me as like hmm. character wise, he was there, but just mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing him wrestle now. You know, he does the yeah. promos. Miz TV is entertaining, but to actually see him in the ring, it's Ziggler that made me an actual fan of the Miz. Hmm. And you know what? Yeah, too cool. something else I got to mention here. And I got to give the Miz total credit for this. He actually made Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel relevant. Yes. yes. That's so true. No one could do that. Name one other person that even came close to doing that in the company. And he did it with both of them at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) That's amazing. Those are two guys that deserve a push. They do. uh, You know, and they should do something like the bar. Tag team up and get some Mm -hmm. wins going, you know. Because Bo Dallas was fantastic as the champion in NXT. And yep. he comes to yeah. Raw like everybody else and gets shit on. It's really too yeah. bad. And I don't think that Axel's really been given a fair chance, even though he's had mm-hmm. intercontinental runs and they they tra- they put a Heyman with him at one point. Yeah. And it just wasn't yeah. the right thing for him. So he's in a role now. Like, I almost think that with the Miz going to SmackDown and them staying on Raw, they have a very good opportunity to keep them rolling along with kind of the personality that they had with the Miz. And on Raw, right. they actually did that this past week, so I was happy to see. Oh, that. okay. And Good. I think if Axel doesn't work out on Raw anymore, he should pull a Cody Rhodes, leave, yep, and mm. uh, do the Indies. Fuck, go to Japan, be a Bullet Club member. Honestly, yep, right. That's probably what he needs right now. It wouldn't hurt. I mean, I even think because because you mentioned him earlier, and I one of the people that annoys the piss out of me in this company that I almost want to change the channel every time he's on. And it has nothing to do with his skill because he could do almost anything is Dolph Ziggler. Mm-hmm. And that's because I think he's just the prototypical. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. You yeah. Know, maybe, maybe yeah. if you were a little bit of a dick backstage, or maybe if you'd speak up for yourself, you mm-hmm. would have been presented a lot better, but you know, you're just happy to be here. Yeah. 
It's kind of sad. Mm. He's just catching them checks. And now he's doing the stand-up on the side. You know, uh, I don't think he's aiming for a heavyweight title run anymore. He's no, just going to mm-hmm. elevate other guys. And, uh, you know, and they're still going to pay him until – well, he, he just re-signed again. Well, they have him yes. doing this thing now. Like him and him and Drew McIntyre are kind of like mm-hmm. the 2018 Michaels Diesel now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or at least that seems what they're doing. They tend to change That's things at the drop of a hat. But I I yeah. find that kind of interesting. I don't know why. Uh, like I said, it, it, Dolph makes me want to change the channel. But I do like McIntyre, hmm. and I'm curious to see what they do with him. Um, yeah, definitely. But I don't know how they mesh well together or not. Like, we'll, like we're gonna mm. have to see. But it, it's interesting at the very least. Well, I mm. I predict a really quick turn. Uh, uh, Drew is gonna probably attack Ziggler at some point or disagree with something he says, and probably by by Survivor Series, that's gonna be their match. It's gonna be one against the other. I don't see their partnership lasting that long at all. No, hmm. not unless they click with some gimmick or something and then right. it just becomes a thing. But yeah, you're probably yeah. right there. Yeah. So what would you give this one in terms of your star rating, Ed? I gave it four. I was okay. very impressed. Um, like I said, I thought all, all the guys worked uh, very well together and it was uh, it wasn't an over the top crazy ladder match, but I, mm-hmm. I got everything I needed uh, out of the match. I, I would say that. Good. And what about you, Mark? Uh, I gave it three. Uh, I thought it was the best match so far in the card. And uh, again, I, I like the match. I just I wasn't blown away by it. I've seen better ladder matches, uh, but I still thought for this event it was serviceable. So yeah, three stars. Yeah, I'm with you. I gave it three also, uh, and definitely my favorite match of the card up to this point. Um, just was hoping for a little more, I guess, because everything else has been so ho hum up to this point. But I forgot to mention one of my favorite things of uh, the uh, tag tag team match previous to this was when Michael Cole said the late great Sergeant Slaughter and then afterwards <laughs> had to correct himself. I was cracking my ass. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, cool. But I know. But anyway, uh, so then we get uh, again, I, we, I feel like we could just skip through. We have the um, the uh, Saudi Arabian athletes that were did that whole segment there yeah. when uh, whoever those brothers were, I forget their names the, now. The Vari uh, the brothers. brothers the Davaris. Yeah, yeah. They you know what? There were, I saw something that came out today about this. Okay, on oh, social okay. media. Um, apparently, Sean Davari has been getting some death threats for this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, be, and it's wow. because they played up the Iran thing. And, yeah. And you know, all political commentary aside, mm-hmm. these are things these countries do not take lightly. Yeah. And exactly. even when I watch the show, I'm not saying that it's right that people are doing that. I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. I think that's wrong. The guy was just doing his job. Exactly. But kind yeah. of shame on WWE for playing it that way. I think they mm-hmm. could have went about it a different way, but, you know, they'll play with fire with things they don't really necessarily understand. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Well, see, I, I, and I, out I, of those, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I was just out of those four guys, I don't know which one it was, but there was one that I was like, hmm, I feel like we might see him again because he was, uh, it felt a lot more comfortable on the microphone than the other, than the other three. Oh, I just hated the segment because these are four trainees out of a camp that they did, a tribe camp. And then yeah. you've got two brothers that are WWE superstars. Mm-hmm. They should have manhandled these four guys. Like, Kayfabe like aside, <laughs> they should have manhandled. They're superstars. These guys are training camp uh, wannabes. So them getting run out, even if it's for a two-on-four, they should have been able to because... 
they're superstars to take all of them yeah. on. But they did the whole, you know, cower for the home crowd. And I just, I, I never like those, these type of segments. I think it's a way for an event that's six plus hours. Uh, I think it's a waste of time. You know what? If, if anything, this should have been just something for the live crowd. I don't think it mm-hmm. should have aired on the show. I, I think it was, I mean, the, the, one of the Davari brothers is on 205 Live. The other one's really not at all. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of random. I think a lot of people watching this show are probably like, who the hell are these guys? I don't even. Because exactly. you're yeah. assuming that you're, you're, the audience that watches this show even watches 205 Live. Right. Which has gotten increasingly better. I'll say that. But come on. Okay. It, you're really pushing for a segment like this. It's just stupid and it's filler mm-hmm. and it doesn't need to be on TV. It's a raw right. segment, not a pay-per-view. And I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. But, yeah. You know, this is a air quote pay-per-view. You know, right. stuff like this should not be on a pay-per-view unless it's like Ronda Rousey talking. Yep. <laughs> yep. So after that, we had the uh, WWE Championship match with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus the champion, AJ Styles. And this one ends with a double countout after uh, Nakamura rolls out of the ring. AJ follows him and uh, tosses him over the Arabic announce table and the ref counts them out. So AJ retains the WWE Championship match. Um, for this one, you know, it's kind of what I expected because after Mania, it just really felt like Nakamura and AJ were just kind of starting. Like it was just the beginning of a feud that's going to last a while. That's how that match felt. And then obviously that was cemented at the end with the low blow. And so this just feels like another step in that road to hopefully something great between these two. I I did not think, yeah, I did not expect this being a Wrestle Kingdom 11 match. Uh, but right. I also did not expect this to be a WrestleMania 34 match. Um, mm-hmm. I like this match a lot. I oh, okay. liked it. Uh, I thought they worked really well. They told a good story. They both got stuff in. And I actually enjoyed the double countout because it just prolongs for future big events. Uh, I'm glad there was no decisive winner in this. This could go all all year long. And I hope it does. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I got, I saw nothing wrong with this match whatsoever. I also like this match a lot. Um, again, like Mark said, I did not expect it to be the WrestleMania match or the Wrestle Kingdom match. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, however, have a massive problem with the finish. Okay. And it's not because okay. it was a double count out. Um, I think it's lazy booking. And if you look at the mm-hmm. storyline of the match, what they did with this one is if you've been paying attention to Nakamura's character since he went heel. He's kind of a dick. Like he acts like he doesn't speak English. He <laughs> yeah, doesn't right, want, yeah. he, he's constantly doing the nut shots and mm-hmm. he he's he's trying to get in AJ's head. That's the storyline. And this match furthered that along because like AJ was just pissed and he was getting you know Nakamura's getting on my nerves. I'm going to beat yeah. the shit out of this guy. What they would this is the way I would have booked it. I would have had AJ get DQ'd. Um, because like he just wouldn't let up on the, the calf crusher or he just would not stop punching him or something. Basically mm-hmm. showing that Nakamura is in AJ's head and AJ as the veteran and the champion screwed up and didn't know when to stop and doesn't realize when a guy's in his head. I think it would have made the storyline a little bit better and I think it would have made the match a lot more important as opposed to just kind of a double count out throwaway. Okay, I'll agree with that. I totally would agree yeah, with that. I'm- 
Yeah, I'm with you. And, I, you know, I wrote down, like, I, I this felt like the first match to me that was actually telling a story. Yes. Uh, that they let develop, unlike most of the other matches we've seen up to this point. And that is a very good point that I, I didn't even consider, but I was disappointed with the ending. And that's probably why, like, if it was something like that, I probably would have enjoyed it more. Um, but, again, I, I'm with you. To me, this was, up to this point, my favorite match of the night so far. So... Um, you know, I enjoyed it. These two, I mean, they're not going to put on shit usually. So, uh, you know, AJ is one of my favorite all time. So I love watching him, whatever he does. But yeah, so again, just the ending was a little bit disappointing. Um, but I love that it was just given a little more time than than the previous matches, uh, at least to, to kind of build and tell this story, which I enjoyed. And I have to admit, like, again, not watching TV every day. Uh, I love Nakamura, Nakamura's new theme, his, his heel theme. Is that's what another thing I wrote so down. much better than his. Uh, it's face fucking team. awesome. Okay, yeah, okay I have really a question cool. for you guys since you brought that up. Okay, I don't mm-hmm. know if either one of you guys have seen this, but it is fucking hilarious. Um, I saw a video. It was it was up. I want to say maybe the, a day or two after Mania because that's when he debuted the new theme song. Okay, and okay. Uh, and somebody was like, "Hey," and it, and it was the video that plays on the on the Tron whenever he comes out. Yeah, and they were like. Here's Nakamura's new theme song, but with subtitles. <laughs> oh, and dude, okay, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like, mm-hmm. like I'm gonna come to the ring and punch you in the nuts and kick you in the nuts and nuts, nuts, nuts. <laughs> like it, everything was just about oh, punching balls. That's awesome, and it was hilarious. And it's, oh. I like that they worked that into this character of his to just be yeah. like this slimy dickhead. Oh, he's mm-hmm. so it's gross great. now. Like when he, when. He's talking to Renee Young, and I think yeah. it was his first no-speak-English. Yeah, and I love his, it. his facials, I'm like, is he coming mm-hmm. in his pants right now? Like, <laughs> I, I, I love it. I love that he's coming yeah. in his pants, because then he can just turn him inside out, and it's new, new gear. Uh, but just, I think he is, as a face, he was underrepresented, because he just can't do promos as well, right? But yeah. as mm-hmm. a heel... And this no speak English and like a fuck yeah. you. Oh, it's great. I fucking love it. This, this, this makes me enjoy Nakamura even more now. And mm-hmm. see, I really like it because if you got it, it's a callback to me to something else. Okay. Okay. And this is the stuff I really like when WWE does this because it shows that somebody's actually paying attention. Mm-hmm. If you remember when uh, Nakamura was feuding with Jinder around SummerSlam last year. Jinder cut a promo on him on SmackDown that pissed a lot of people off. Even the fans were like, dude, that's too far. And it (laughs) was about his bad English. Yeah. 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 So now that he's heel, it's kind of turning it back on everybody. Like, well, you thought I was some dumb asshole that couldn't speak English. So now me no speak English. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. That's that's really good writing to me. And I love when there's callbacks to things because I feel like. In current day, like years and years ago, you would you would always get this. But in current day wrestling, this is missing. You would actually get more as a fan for paying attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you really don't. So to have something like that, that I'm like, cool, it gives you a little bit of a, a reward for actually paying attention to things. Good on them for doing that, because I, th- I think it makes it great. And it's one of the reasons why I actually want to see AJ and Nakamura feud continuously. Yes. Exactly. And it just seems that Shinsuke is having more fun now. I so agree. So if, if the boys are having fun, we're going to get a better product. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I ended up giving this one uh, three stars again. Again, I might have been a little uh, too harsh on it, but I think it was just a good match. Um, and it's kind of another you know step in the road that sets up what hopefully down the road is going to end in this one that we'll be talking about for years. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, what about you, Mark? What'd you give this one? Uh, I give it three and a half stars. Perfect. And how about you, Ed? I gave it three. Um, it would have been higher, but I absolutely hated the finish. I thought it was very yeah. lazy. And and like I said, it's kind of sad, too, because I'm praising them for doing really cool callbacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then they have a lazy booked finish. So that's right. it's kind of unfortunate. So next up, we have the casket match with Rusev taking on The Undertaker. Of course, this was supposed to be Undertaker Rusev. Then it was Undertaker Jericho. Uh, right yeah and then and then again it was undertaker rusev so uh taker hits the uh chokeslam on rusev rolls him into the casket and then he hits a chokeslam and a tombstone pile driver on aiden english rolls him in with rusev and then closes the lid for the victory so thoughts on this one boys i would have rather seen rusev versus jericho absolutely I, i i have no desire in this day and age to see taker wrestle ever again um, I agree 110%. And you know what? I'm sorry, but go away. Yeah. yeah. Go home. Be with your family. You're you're not doing anything to help the product or the superstars you're in the ring with. You you beat John Cena in a debacle at Mania because they couldn't even announce it as a match. Mm-hmm. And then you do this. It, it's it was done for money. Um, it sucks because somebody like Rusev, who's been doing really, really good stuff, it mm-hmm. has to be the guy on the shit end of the stick here. And right. it's it, go away, Taker. Agreed. Uh, he had a great send off two minutes ago. There was no need to bring the character back. Uh, it j- this just buries Rusev even more, even though he's over as fuck with the crowd. Uh, mm-hmm. Why aren't you pushing him? As a bit. Why didn't you face him against uh, against uh, Jeff Hardy for the for the U.S. belt? Yep. Uh, you know, like I I don't understand. They've got money here with Rusev, and they're just letting it go away. Uh, honestly, I think he should do the same thing as Axel. Fucking take off and uh, go to Japan. He'll be he'd be so fucking over in Japan. Oh man, I'd love to see that. Um, I hated this match. Well, I don't like casket matches to begin with. Uh, I really don't either. I, I think they're dumb. But now what What I really hate about, and I, I feel I'm hating a lot, and I don't want to hate a lot. I'm just, I want to see good product. So I'm hoping this is uh, uh, criticism that can be used for the greater good here. But, and I think this is a Kevin Dunn problem, but Ugh. the camera usage in this match, fucking nauseating. So he had, I think it was Rusev in the corner, and Taker's giving him the boots, and every boot to Rusev was a different camera angle. It's yep. nauseating. Yep. Yeah. I, I can't focus. What am I watching here, you know? You know, a lot of people always say, like, the product's going to be a lot better when Vince is no longer around. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I will tell you the product or the television product will be better once Kevin Dunn is no longer around. He is awful mm. i totally agree he should take some time off get some braces come back you know with a new outlook <laughs> uh, the, I'm, I'm just reading my notes here folks uh but uh, <laughs> you know like, like uh, seriously i i just again because i'm becoming a new japan mark they might have three four camera angles and they let the guys wrestle 
And you can actually see what's happening because they don't keep changing every time somebody does a kick or a punch. And with this, uh, it's like, I don't think Taker's even hitting them. But the way they're hitting the cameras back and forth so quickly, I have the mm-hmm. illusion of a boot to the face. But he's actually missing them. It's <laughs> you know, it's like with Psycho, every cut was a cut. You never actually saw anything. Yep. <laughs> well, that's exactly- that that there's a big part of that. I don't know if you've noticed this, but you'll you'll notice it. One of the the easiest ways to notice this on WWE TV, and I'll just use hypothetical people here. But mm-hmm. say Kane was having a match with Mark Henry, mm-hmm. and Kane does a choke slam on Mark Henry. It's clearly not going to be as good as Kane doing a choke slam on AJ Styles. Yes. So right. they do this fuckery with the camera to make it look better. But all they, I mean, yeah, that helps helps it in that scenario. But whenever you have like an AJ and Nakamura in the match, it hinders the match. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't understand that, and that's a problem right. because they're presenting this as a television product. New Japan's a mm-hmm. wrestling product, so I understand yeah. that there's going to be. You know, presentation differences. Exactly. But come on. Like, you got to know when to, you're being overly obnoxious with it, and no one wants mm-hmm. to see that shit. No, I, I totally agree. It, you yeah. know, it's funny. If you want to show some impact in a move or whatnot, look at the ref. Let, let's say, uh, you know, uh, two big guys are, are, are grappling and one does a choke slam. The ref should be jumping off the mat from the impact of the big guy hitting the mat. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how you show, like, wow, this was a tremendous move. It might have been stone sloppy, but that's because there's tremendous force coming down. Um, so, I, I it, you know, it, it, it's a lost art in a way because I don't see that anymore on WWE TV. Um, they're, you they're, know who was great taking, at that? They're taking old school moves, but they're using, instead of using old school tactics, they're using today's technology to mask, you know, the, the carnyisms. Um mm. And I, I just, I just think if they did, maybe they like stepped back and scaled back production, you'd get a better product on TV. I, I think you're right too, and I, I totally agree with the referee point because just to take it back a little bit, uh, an old WCW referee named Mark Curtis or Brian yeah. Hildebrand was his name was a legend at doing what you're talking about. Yes, there has never been anybody like him, and the closest one to him would be Charles Robinson, who is still there, and he worked with Mark Curtis in WCW. So yeah. there you go. And I, watching old, I've been watching some WC, older WCW pay-per-views, and, and Hildebrand always stands out to me as excellent. And I think, I always, I think that um, Hebner is just bad. He's terrible. <laughs> he's horrible. I always know when the finish is coming, and like, he's just bad. And then watching Hildebrand, who was working at the, you know, the same time, he's just, he's excellent. He is exactly what a ref should be. So I'm, I love that you painted him out. And he was also a worker, too, before he became a wrestler, so, or I mean, before okay. he became a referee. And I think that that's, that gives him the one up on a lot of the yeah. referees. Totally agree. Absolutely. And, and one last thing, Aiden. Um, I had to lower the contrast on my uh, on my projector <laughs> because all I saw was a white ghost. Like he is so yeah. white. You know what? Him though, and he's really good in his role, though. I well, like I him he's a great. lot. So too, they found yeah. a way to make him useful and to be. Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, seeing right. him yep. in NXT doing that singing gimmick, I'm like, dude, this is never going to be anything. What are they doing? And they actually proved mm-hmm. me wrong. And a lot of that is because of him and because Simon Gotch ended up being a giant asshole. Oh, dude. <laughs> right. Well, I saw Gotch two weekends ago locally. 
How's he, he looking? Oh, okay. And uh, apart from his face, like the guy is off the gas. Holy shit! I did not. Rec- I didn't realize he had tits before. <laughs> like did, he did I don't not know if look you know good. This. He has a legitimate background. Really? Yeah, he's a wrestler, hundred mm. percent. Well, wow. I, I guess whatever he was getting fed uh, in the fed, <laughs> uh, he doesn't have right. that prescription anymore because he did not look good at all. He looked schlobby. Hey, you can mm. you can make a living on the indies, but you can't make an HGH living on the indies. <laughs> no, you got that right. <laughs> yeah, so m- myself with this casket, I I'm always a casket match fan. Um, I think it, when I was younger, I used to always rent the '94 uh, Royal Rumble and '94 Survivor Series to watch the uh, Undertaker versus Yokozuna match at Royal Rumble, then watch the second one, which had Chuck Norris oh, at uh, Survivor Series. Like I just loved that shit so much, and so. I, I was, you know, thinking, I was going to ask you guys at the start, it's like, what are your top three all-time favorite wrestlers? Um, I didn't end up doing it, obviously, but one of mine has to be The Undertaker. So, I, yes, he should retire. It should be done. But I'm not going to be upset when I see him just because he is one of my all-time favorites. Um, so for this one, it just felt like it was another slow-paced match for me, but I felt it was exactly what it needed to be for The Undertaker. He still looked okay in this, I thought. Um, and Rusev's reactions to... Um, Taker sitting up and the, and the casket, it was very reminiscent of Yokozuna during those matches back in, you know, 94. And so that was kind of just a throwback to me that I enjoyed. So for me, for this one, I ended up giving this one three stars. Um, I thought it was entertaining um, just because of Rusev himself. I think is he's great to watch. And I do love watching The Undertaker uh, just because of, you know, nostalgia reasons. And I thought he looked pretty good for being a 53-year-old guy in this match. I thought he looked pretty decent. So... Um, yeah, I ended up giving this one three stars. What about you guys? I gave this one one. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think the only reason it was watchable was because of Rusev. Um, I'm a little bit older than you, so I think that yeah. I don't get that nostalgic feel from The Undertaker like a lot of people exactly. do. Um, yep. So I kind of just want him to go away at this point uh, and mm-hmm. quit embarrassing himself. I think he's had a fantastic mm-hmm. – not to take anything away from his career. That Absolutely. man right. was having – unbelievable wrestlemania matches for a long time um but you know what it's it's over um i think that it's time like something like this really hurts a guy like rusev where it doesn't really do anything for undertaker because he's just gonna ride off into the sunset so one star for me i'll probably never watch this match ever again yeah, I thought for sure Lesnar uh, – I'm sorry, Lesnar, cheese. I'm looking at my next notes. I thought for sure um, uh, uh, Rusev was going to win this match to kind of give him a, a platform to, to go from from here, but was a little disappointed that he didn't. So I also heard too, and again, I don't know how true this is. I, I believe it though, um, and I believe that's where the change came into to play here. Um, I'm, my understanding is Rusev asked for his release uh, about a month ago. Oh, and they did not okay. give it to him. I know that yep. they do not want to lose Lana. They don't know what they're right. doing with Lana, but they don't yeah. want her gone. And I completely understand why. <laughs> exactly. My God. Yep. But um, I know. But you know what? It it kind of sucks because you know what? Rusev did this before. He was super hot when he was just with her. And, yep. they, and they cut his legs off with that, too. And I, I don't exactly. understand when WWE works against things that are working. I know. It doesn't make any sense. Nope. What about you? What about you, Mark? Uh, I gave this match two stars: one for Rusev, one for English. Okay. Uh, I, you know what, Taker, if he's gonna come, keep coming back, he's got to put over the new generation. Obviously, exactly. Rusev is not gonna win a casket match against Taker. 
Um, <laughs> I can't see anywhere where that could be possible. And if they made this a garbage match, a garbage can match or a trash can match, it'd be different. Uh, but th- this again was predictable. I, there was no, uh, I, I, I had no, um, uh, I wasn't feeling anything for the match. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew it was predictable. It was boring. I don't need to see this again. I hope I don't have to see this again. So yeah, two stars. <laughs> uh, and I'm being generous. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So match number nine here, the uh, Universal Championship Steel Cage match with Roman Reigns taking on the champion Brock Lesnar. Uh, Reigns hits a, a spear on Lesnar and they both end up going through the cage. And uh, uh, supposedly Brock hit first to get the victory to retain the belt. Uh, so I'll just say like, I just, I fucking, I can't stand these two anymore. Like I was so pissed that they were the main event at WrestleMania and it was not good. And now they're doing it here in the steel cage. Uh, the one kind of wow moment to me and that li- literally elevated the match, probably an extra star for me was the cool spot through the cage. I thought that just looked good. Um, but man, other than that, I just, I don't really care. Um, uh, I didn't mind the match because, well, actually, I'm surprised by the outcome. I expected uh, Reigns to win just because after okay. hearing about Lesnar's contract where he's going to get over half a mil per match, how mm-hmm. is the WWE going to stay profitable? Um, <laughs> you know, and I honestly, I want to see Raw with a legit champion that will defend it every week, every second week. Um, so I'm kind of tired of seeing Lesnar uh, having the belt. I don't think he needs the belt. Um, but I did like the finish, you know, Lesnar keeps the belt, but Reigns still finishes strong. I don't think I need to see these mm-hmm. guys wrestle each other again. I think it's time to move on. Who yeah. is Lesnar going to drop the belt to? That I don't know. Um, but, right. uh, I didn't mind it, but again, it's a still cage match with no blood. To me, that makes no sense. Still mm-hmm. cage matches should have blood, but that's, that's just old school be talking. Yeah. Hmm. I, uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff that you guys said. Um, I did like the match. Uh, it wasn't long. It was it was just under ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think there's anything else left for these guys to do. They've both yeah, been right. booked horribly through this. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know what? Roman Reigns gets a lot of hate. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, big news flash, right? <laughs> um, I like Roman a lot. Um, I think he's booked horribly, um, yes. and I think that they are treading very dangerous grounds with him okay as in i don't know if you're gonna ever be able to get what you want back from him at this point if you keep booking Mm -hmm. it like this Mm -hmm. i think bringing lesnar back and having him be this part-time champion is a disaster i don't think it's a smart move um i think you're really bringing up the costs of the pay-per-views when you have him on there and he's not bring it's not pay-per-view days anymore it's network days so being a draw doesn't really mean a whole lot because what's that what's it really getting for you exactly a couple more subscriptions for a month maybe if they're not already free (laughs) um and you know it's sad to see this um Mm -hmm. i love the finish i thought the finish was great um but and and here's a weird thing too on raw this week there was apparently the referee in the match tweeted out at some point that he actually screwed up and yeah. Roman's feet touched first and oh. he should be the champion. 
which tells me they're continuing this fucking feud. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and the sad thing wow. is they're continuing it, but it's probably not going to pick up again until SummerSlam because Roman's right. fighting Joe at Backlash. Yeah, And exactly. Brock's not going to be there. So mm-hmm. I really just don't know uh, what what they're doing. Um, not, you know, match was fine. Uh, you know, I, I liked it perfectly fine. I It would have been better with some blood, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're just booked into a corner. So it's very difficult for Brock to have the kind of match he needs to have. It's tough for Roman to have the match that he needs to have. It's tough for them to come up with finishes that work for what they're doing. And frankly, I don't think anyone wants to see this match anymore. And that's that's mm-hmm. not good when that's going to be your main event. Right. Uh, so I ended up uh, giving this one three stars. Uh, I thought it was kind of exactly what I thought it was going to be, um, just because we've seen it multiple times before. Um, but again, that ending I thought worked really well, and it looked genuinely scary. Like Roman going out there, it, like landed right on his head, and I was like, "Shit!" Looked like he got DDT okay? almost. Yeah, well, exactly. I think he did. <laughs> yeah, I he, think he, he did, did too. Yeah. Himself. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I liked it better than the casket match right before it. Uh, so it kind of, you know, just. It was it was better than I expected, to be honest. So I gave it three stars. Um, what about you, Ed? Uh, I gave it three as well. Um, like I said, I thought the guys worked hard. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a bad match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's I just think that when you're booked into the way that this stuff is booked right now, you're hard pressed to get any like it. These guys could have been shooting for the moon and would have got probably three stars because you really can't <laughs> go higher than that with what they're doing right, right now. It's not interesting storyline. Uh, the matches are always decent. I, I don't think they've ever really had any bad matches, but we just don't want to see it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes. And how about you, Mark? Well, I give it two and a half stars. Um, I thought, again, not bad, not good, just just middle of the road. Like, it wasn't a bad match. It was just, it was okay. Um, but, you know, just after their media match where, you know, uh, Lesnar took, what, three force punches, a shit ton of spears, and then raised yeah. to, like, six F5s to get pinned. Um, it, it's at a level where, like, the, the, the volcano is going to erupt because mm-hmm. they've done everything. Like, what are you supposed to do now? Um, inject a third party again, try to, you know, have somebody win via three-way, which they could have done in the fall. Um, so I'm expecting at SummerSlam probably Lesnar, uh, Reigns, and probably Joe. That's that's my mm-hmm. guess for like a main event. Yeah, so. uh, I think you're probably right there too. I mean, I just to bring it down to a Jim Cornette quote. Um, I don't remember who, what match he was talking about, but I remember him talking about a match one time where a guy went out and did a ton of high spots, like crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the guy came back and asked Cornette what he thought, and he said, "I think it's great, but next time you guys have a match, what are you going to do? Shoot him in the fucking face?" Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> and, yeah, and that's where they're at. Like, what else are you like? You going to do the F five off the top of the Jetta Stadium? No, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so then there's nowhere to go unless you're going to kill someone. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's a mistake, yeah. and you know, I it's kind of funny too because I'll just be perfectly honest. I think that this show kind of came up and bit WWE in the ass. Because they mm-hmm. booked things and did things a certain way, and then it's like, oh shit, we got to do this show in Saudi Arabia. What do we do there? Yeah. So mm-hmm. a lot of it's and and you know what, like we and I, we've said this a bunch of times on the show so far about how something at a house show feel. Yep. And that's totally fine because that's for the people in that city. But yes, this show is on the network for people to watch repeatedly. It was for right. a worldwide audience, and where do you really go from here? Hmm. Yeah. So 
that will bring us to our main event of the evening. We have uh, the greatest Royal Rumble. So this is the 50-man Royal Rumble. And of course, our uh, go straight to the finish. Strowman um, gets big cast to like straddle the top ropes and, and shakes the ropes and then uh, runs in and, and knocks him to the ground to become the the winner of the 50-man Royal Rumble. So I have a lot of notes on this one. I kind of just kind of like I will take it with our movies, I guess, kind of start from the top and, and work our way down. Works for me. Um, right from the get-go, I was just disappointed because the whole thing just feels like the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, whereas it doesn't really mean a damn thing. Like they're fighting for this belt or this this fake championship belt and this trophy. Who gives a shit? Like at least make this for a title shot at SummerSlam or something to I make agree. it- yeah, to make it have more meaning. Well, I didn't know there was a belt at first, just a trophy. So now that there's a belt, yeah. like I want Strowman to wear this belt all the time. It, I, that's it, what I said. I want this to be the FTW belt. I want this to yeah. be the million dollar belt, like it, something it means cool with it. Nothing. I want yeah. him to wear it everywhere, like yes. everywhere. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, did it happen on Raw? I don't know, uh, but. Uh, I, I, my guess is we'll never see oh, that belt again. So disappointing. I, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest with you because he gets the trophy and the belt. It would yeah. not surprise me one bit if they went backstage and literally gave the trophy and the belt to the prince. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can see that. Too. <laughs> you know, you're probably right. That trophy was so fucking huge. Like Strowman didn't want to lift it because it was afraid he was going to I know break exactly. It. Like <laughs> why make it? How are you supposed to put it on the plane? Are you supposed to check it into your right. luggage? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, here, here's oh. something funny. Okay, here's a funny note that I read this week about mm-hmm. the greatest Royal Rumble. So the Prince came to Vince McMahon about the event, and they were talking about what they wanted to do. And, you know, they came up with the Royal Rumble idea. <laughs> and the Prince tells him, I'd really like to see three guys. Vince goes, who? I really want The Undertaker. Okay, we'll get the Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see Yokozuna and Ultimate Warrior. Oh. So clearly he's up on the product <laughs> yeah. because one of them oh, because oh one of them's the literal dead man and the other two are dead men. Yep. <laughs> um so and here's something oh. funny. If you watch this match, you'll notice the seventh man to show up is a guy named Hiroki Sumi. Yep. Who is a sumo wrestler from Japan. Yeah. Who was only in the match because the prince wanted to see Yokozuna. <laughs> oh, my God. That's well, awesome. It, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Well, exactly. I'm like, uh, Hiroki Sumi is number seven. I know nothing about this guy. And then it looks like he's dancing with Mark Henry towards the ropes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's And Man. it's funny, too, because I think it's in this day and age to present a sumo to somebody. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a news flash for people who may not know, because I didn't know this for a long time either. Uh, Do you know what professional wrestling and sumo wrestling has in common? Are they both scripted? Big tits. They are both works. You're kidding. No shit. Sumo, I did not know that. Sumo is a work. Absolutely. I had, wow. I had no idea. Yep. It's Me very protected because it's a sport with a lot of history. Yeah. Uh, but it's a work. Oh. So there you go. That's a little fascinating. Bring a little knowledge to the show, guys, you know? Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I had no fucking wow. clue. Yep. But it's, you I, know, I just, oh, when I read that, though, I just, I, it made me love this show so much more. 
because I'm like, why didn't they? They should have had like Dolph Ziggler and Ultimate Warrior makeup and shit, and like, right? You know, like let, let's let's have Shelton come out as Brutus the Barber Beefcake while we're at it. Like, oh let's just, yes, let's just does. make this shit ridiculous. You know? I would have I would have mm. popped for that because I found for 50 Men Battle Royal there were very few surprises. So and to boy, see shit like that, I would have loved it. Well, I mean, there was one little surprise. Oh sure, <laughs> that, that, yes. I, I don't would. know if you see where I'm going with that one, oh, Mark. Oh, oh, no, I, I sure did. I sure <laughs> did. You mean at number 12? Yep, you got it. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's weird, too, because, like, he's been doing a lot of indies as a swoggle. Yep. Uh, so to, to see him come down and take his time down to the ring because he, he has to take twice as many steps, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, was, I, was surp- I was really surprised. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he's here. Who else are they going to bring? And, you know what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, was, man, oh man. I, I was, but I was kind of bummed because like they brought out one guy from Heavy Machinery, so I'm expecting the second guy, the one with no oh, neck, yeah. uh, to come out. You know, the guy who looks like uh, that tiny guy from Masters of the Universe, the guy with mm-hmm. the Russian name. Yeah, I, I, I always yeah, forget I his don't name. Follow uh, enough to to know, uh, but yeah, like I expected him there, and then of course I found out after the fact. But uh, not having Sami Zayn there. Uh, that surprised the hell out of me as well until I read up about it after. So, you know. I knew he wasn't going to be there. Oh, really? Oh, oh wait. See, what I, happened? I, Why wasn't he there? Because he, he's Syrian. He is Syrian. And he's yeah. also Muslim. Oh. And I've had people say oh. to me, there's no such thing as a Syrian Muslim. So, I will explain. Um, <laughs> people from Syria and people from Saudi Arabia generally do not get along. Um, obviously, okay. Sami Zayn is not over in Syria on a regular basis. He's from Canada. Okay? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just like the situation with the women. It was probably mm-hmm. a better idea for Sammy to stay at home. Yeah. Okay. Now, I did, I did hear today that the women were actually getting paid, even though they weren't on the show. So I'm assuming yep. uh, Sammy got the same oh, treatment. Oh, good. Most yeah. likely. So I mean, all there. And word is that they got $25 million just to do this one show. No shit. Wow. That is more money than WrestleMania made. Wow. Holy shit. So that's why guys like Jericho and Taker, and yeah. they, were, they were giving them the stars because that's they paid mm-hmm. for them. And, yep. and, and, wow. and this is exactly what this show felt like. <laughs> it did. You know, it's a, it was yep. a bot show. That's all it was. I mean, yeah. have you ever seen a paid show before, either one of you guys? Have you ever went to a paid show before? Uh, indie shows, but not uh, not WWE. It, it, mm-hmm. but, I mean, that's usually what they are. Like, for people that don't know what a paid show is, usually that means that an independent or any wrestling company is being paid to do a show. It doesn't matter if they sell tickets okay. or not. Um, they're given X amount of dollars by a company or organization to come and do a wrestling show, usually for charity. Um, and what happens is if you've ever seen an indie show like this, you might be used to the regular indie roster. And then you go to this particular indie show and there's like nine guys that used to work for WWE. There's like maybe a big headliner or, you know, whatever. That's what a paid show is because the promoter isn't paying to bring in talent. An organization is. So they usually load it up and then they'll do tons of autographs and merch and okay. stuff like that so they can make as much money for charity as possible or for whatever they're raising money for. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so the, the match itself, um, I really thought, which, I mean, he goes almost the entire thing. I really thought the way they were setting it up, I knew for a fact Daniel Bryan was going to last a very long time. I thought he might even win it. Yep. 
uh, because him and Ziggler get in and they're immediately talking about, oh, it'd be nothing short of miraculous if they landed, if they lasted this whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Foreshadowing. Obviously, they're going to be here a long time. Yeah. Um, Now, I I think uh, Brian's bruises will last longer. And mm. uh, <laughs> like he, God, by, the, by the end, he was uh, on fire. He had, yes, uh, he was. He had the, the marks on his arms, the marks on his chest. Uh, welcome back mm-hmm. to the ring, kid. You know what? I think he did that on purpose. <laughs> right. You think so? I, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like that's the same thing as like, you know how you ever see like when maybe a football player or somebody gets hurt? Yeah, and they're out for a season or something like that, and then they come mm-hmm. back and they're like, "Look, I'm just looking forward to getting back in there and getting contact." Right, and I think that's, yeah, exa- that's it's like you know what? Yeah, let's let's uh, callous up the chest a little bit and mm-hmm. let's go in there and we're gonna go at it. You know, Cause like because I think he's sense. testing the waters to see what he can really do. And, right, you know, I, I that's just my belief in Daniel Bryan because I I know how much that dude cares. Yeah, and how important this stuff mm-hmm. is to him. And you know, right. so so thanks WWE because we've waited three years for him to come back to see him feud with fucking Big Cass. Big Cass, <laughs> I, I, I don't get that. Uh, it does nothing for Cass or him. No, not at all. Especially yeah. too, people are going to be pissed because Cass is going to win that feud. Mm-hmm. You think so, Vince? Loves I think so. Cass. Vince, yeah, he does. Loves Cass. Yeah, they're going to. Hopefully, him. I'm wrong, but I don't think that I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what else? I wanted to bring this up. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like the goofy side of wrestling, right? Like, I like the shit that's not supposed to happen, the funny stuff. You know, like, yeah. that's part of the reason why I like wrestling. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm watching the show, okay? And I don't know. I want to say, like, maybe the first 20-some entrance or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching, and, and obviously it's in a big stadium with a big entranceway. And I'm noticing, you know, like, you know, Brian comes out cool. You know, you see, like, guys like Kofi come out, whatever. But then mm-hmm. I started noticing like gold dust rumbling to the ring and gallows yeah. rumbling to the ring. And I'm like, <laughs> man, this is some shit waiting to happen here. <laughs> Somebody's going to take a spill. And then I'm like, nah, I always say that though, right? Probably yeah. not going to happen, but maybe it will. Who knows? Thank God it didn't happen. Right, guys? <laughs> thank <laughs> God. Thank God nobody thank took God. a horrible spill during the show and looked like an idiot. Oh, right? man. And that was fucking hilarious. And then make a t-shirt. Oh man, they they made a t-shirt for it, and yep. that was yep. that was part of what he did this week on Raw. Hey, oh really? They're working the shit into his gimmick. Wow, you, you have to make <laughs> lemon awesome. into lemonade somehow, and yep, exactly go for it. But you know what I love the most though It's like him. Uh, so Titus O'Neil sliding or falling and sliding under the ring, epic. Yeah, but then just. The reaction and the legit yeah. laughter coming I from know. the commentators. They I couldn't fucking love together. that. They were losing their shit. Yes. That's <laughs> so and it, great. And then I'm I'm cry laughing watching it to begin mm-hmm. with. And then Mike uh, – and you know what? I know he gets a lot of shit, but Michael Cole was spot on here. He's like, you know, move aside Stone Cold, the two-time winner. <laughs> move aside Vince McMahon winning the champion. This is the greatest yep. moment in Royal Rumble history. And I have to agree because nobody's ever going to forget that. No. Titus Mm -hmm. O'Neill, when he goes to the Hall of Fame, because everybody does, uh, that will be referenced (laughs) multiple times. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know what? It's it's good. And from everything that I've read and heard and seen about Titus, Mm -hmm. everybody loves Titus. He's legitimately one of the the most well-liked guys in in the entire company. Yep. So... And you know what? He seems like the type of guy that just is like, look, man, 
I'm just here having fun. Mm-hmm. I fell by the t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, right. like I'll tell you yeah. right now, I'll walk out there in front of 60,000 people and fall flat on my face for the amount yep. of money that he's probably going to make off that it's, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come absolutely. on. I know. That's I, that's what I kind of, you know, initially felt bad for him because I'm like, man, like he does so much for the company, uh, just like outside the ring, just like a genuinely good human being from yep. everything I hear and see about him. And so I was like, damn, like just a bad luck thing. But no, they're turning it into something that'll, you know, make him money and make him more uh, prominent to do to do more good. So, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. So it's, good for him. It's actually ingenious. Yeah. Because think about this, right? He wasn't going to win. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the first guy out there and he wasn't going to be the 60 minute man. Right. So how the hell do you, and, and he, and he's not Kofi. He's not going to do the spot where he's like on someone's right. shoulders or whatever. Yeah. Yes. So what's he really going to do to stand out? There's mm-hmm. nothing. Do that. I know it might sound <laughs> still like people. See, that's the thing that people forget about wrestling is mm-hmm. everybody wants to be the Brock Lesnar, the shit kicker. I'm the toughest guy around here. Right. The best guys in the history of the business, and I'm going to use one guy specific, well, two guys, Terry Funk and Ric mm-hmm. Flair. Yes. One of the reasons why those guys are legends is because they weren't afraid to show their ass when it counts. And I don't mm-hmm. mean literally. They would right. look stupid, fall on the banana peel, look like an idiot as a heel. Yep. That's what's memorable. That's yeah. what makes people endearing to your character. Absolutely. And, and nobody it's does a that smart anymore. move. Nobody they, wants they to look stupid. Right. It's, exactly. it's a show. You know what? It's funny because like you go see a comedy, right? And you might mm-hmm. see the one character that's just a complete jackass or like mm-hmm. they'll do something where they make like a famous actor like really goofy in a comedy. And it's like, oh, man, but so and so did that cameo and he showed his ass and he looked like an idiot. That's the stuff that's memorable. So why mm-hmm. will an actor do something like that? But a wrestler right. won't. You're a performer. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you question. look stupid, yeah. you're performing. That's what it is. There's yeah. there's a guy on the card that's the strong man. There's a guy on the card that's like the pretty boy. There's a guy, you know, there's a room for everybody. So if you're the goof, the goof is memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason we've spent this much time talking about Titus and we haven't mentioned, you know, Bobby Roode or, or some other rando, you know, in there. Yeah. And because what they even they're they're booked on such a higher platform than the rest of the company, like mm-hmm. you know, compared to guys like Titus, and you don't even remember what they did, right? Yeah, yeah. they're irrelevant. Titus made mm-hmm. his appearance relevant, uh, unintentionally, I think. Right. But, <laughs> exactly. but so what? Whatever works, <laughs> yep. man. That's that's why it's cool to watch live wrestling. You really yeah, definitely. not to be Vince. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> Goddamn, pal. <laughs> And, yeah, and I have to admit, you know, that was funny. Something else that cracked me up was when number fifty came out, and it's Chris Jericho, and mm-hmm. then you hear Kevin Owens screaming, "Why are you here? Go yes. back to Japan!" I, I know. Fucking love that. that Nobody so talks funny. in the ring better than Kevin You're Owens right. does. You're absolutely <laughs> He's right. He's so good. He's really good. like uh, one. The other moment that got me too uh-huh. <laughs> is Fandango's music hits. <laughs> and he has the t- and the Titan Tron says Fandango and and you hear Cole he's like oh it's Fandango and for some reason Grace is like how do you know it's Fandango and he's like <laughs> yeah. it says his name huge on the board you goof <laughs> yep exactly like I, I like that. that banter I don't know why I, yeah you know Me you, too. you see the Cole is who he is mm-hmm. they have Byron basically perpetually playing an eight year old child yes and then yep. Corey Graves is always channeling Bobby Heenan. 
Bobby Heenan. Yeah, be like the broadcast journalist. Absolutely. Yep, exactly. And you know what? It, just as a caveat, I actually know mm-hmm. Graves. Graves oh, really? Is, yeah, Graves is from Pittsburgh. I, okay. I remember when he used to go to indie shows as a fat little teenager. No kidding. Oh. <laughs> with, his, awesome. with his mom and shit. Wow. No joke. And then he started wrestling, and then we saw him like show up on the cards and stuff. And he used to wrestle under the name Sterling James Keenan. Hmm. And he was kind of like a, a dude that looked like an edge ripoff. Yeah. And when yeah. he went to WWE, they changed his look completely. But mm-hmm. seriously, hardworking dude, nice yeah. dude, loves the business, was always a fan. So you know what? Mm. It sucked whenever his career ended in the ring. Yeah, exactly. And they yeah. found something else to do with him. And you know what? He fucking works hard, man. I give him a oh, lot yeah, of does. credit for being. He's one of the most known people on their television. He does Raw right. and SmackDown every exactly. week. Yeah, he's yep. he's the best announcer they had in a long time. No doubt. Yeah, yeah. like legit. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. to me, if I this would be my ultimate. It's never going to happen. But if they would just have Mauro Ronaldo and him do oh, the shows, yeah. oh yep. my god, would the sh- the shows would be better even if the in ring doesn't change one bit. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just because they, I mean, Moro made that last NXT like a million times better, and it was yeah. already one of the best wrestling shows I've ever seen. Yeah, mm, I'll agree yep. with that. So that you know, I the, saw the little things they had, make a uh, difference. Absolutely, they had. I saw this like video of I think WWE put it out. It was like filming um, his Morrow's reactions yeah, to the that. things he was saying. That was so great. Like, he's, like, taking his glasses off, like, just, like, sweating. Like, I'm like, oh, man, that would be, the like, the dream to do. Like, he's just so good at it. And I wonder if people really know about, like, the fact that Morrow's as good as he is is a miracle. Because really? it, the, it, there's a, a special that's coming on. I think it's on Showtime. I don't know when it's coming on, but it's, like, an hour documentary they did about him. Oh, wow. He has a lot of issues with he's bipolar mm-hmm. and oh, he okay. has mental illness in his family and he's worked very hard to get where he's at. Like, I honest to God, like there's a lot of dudes on this show that I'm a fan of that I like mm-hmm. that I think are cool that do great work. Like, I love AJ. I think he's amazing. Yeah. I'm I admire more Ronaldo. Hmm. I think he's a fantastic human being. I give him a lot of credit for being able to do the stuff that he does. And the yeah. fact that he's not quiet about that stuff, uh, about mm-hmm. his, you know, his, his problems. Right. That stuff's good for a lot of people. And I mean that. So, like, Absolutely. I, I think it's fantastic that not only they have him in the company, but he left and they did bring him back. Yep. Yeah. And made it a situation that would work better for him, maybe, than what he was mm-hmm. doing. So, kudos to the WWE for realizing the guy's talent and kudos to Morrow for being as good as he is. If, exactly. o- if only now they could just get rid of I just, oh, oh I can't oh. take Booker T on commentary. I know, I think he's so bad on commentary now. Like, I thought he was okay when he started, and he's just gone downhill. I can't, I don't he like He just doesn't give anymore. a shit anymore. I wonder yeah. if, if that's even true. Like, I mean, I know, I, I agree with you guys, but I, sometimes mm-hmm. I wonder if it's just like, a par- he's just a parody of himself at this point, and he doesn't really yeah. care. Well, I don't think mm-hmm. it legit means shuck-a-ducky, quack-quack every time. Like, that's, <laughs> oh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Again, my, my toes curl, you know? Oh. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't. I think they just, it's weird whenever they're, a wrestler is expected to kind of stay their character, even though they're retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, something like that works for like a Jerry Lawler, but it doesn't work for mm-hmm. Booker. It's not, I don't, and, and I don't think, I think Booker 
is bad on the shows, but I don't think Booker is bad. Like, I don't think he just mm-hmm. doesn't know what the hell he's doing. You no, know what right. I mean? No. Sometimes he gets foot and mouth syndrome, but I don't think he's a bad person. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I mean, dude, that's the thing. Like, people don't realize this about him. Is uh, There was one time, apparently, him and Batista got into it backstage. Yeah. <laughs> For <laughs> yep, real? I remember hearing about that. Yep. Uh, Booker beat his fucking ass. Yeah. From yeah. everything I heard. So, like, don't front yeah. for a second. Like, I would never say the shit to Booker's face. Right. No, I treat no. him like a goddamn man. Like, let me shake exactly. your hand, sir. Thank you, sir. Like, right away, don't, sir. Don't get right it this tw- way, sir. You don't get it twisted. I'm not going to act like I'm going to walk up to him like, you're a stupid asshole. Like, he punched me <laughs> right. in the fucking face. And I would yep. deserve it for doing that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I did mean, you guys notice the weird uh, exit from uh, Dash Wilder in the uh, Rumble, where he got like it? he got thrown uh, into the corner and then he kind of went over the the turnbuckle. Oh and yeah, he just like bailed. It looked like he jumped over himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's weird. They even mentioned it in the commentary. Graves is like, I think he threw himself out, or Cole said it. Whoever did, and yeah. I think there was yeah, something was else that I didn't notice it when I watched it, but I read about it. And I just didn't, I mm-hmm. didn't have a chance to go back and actually see. But somebody mm-hmm. said that Mike Kanellis was never actually eliminated. Oh, uh, really? I think I think that's who it was. There was someone well, that was he, not eliminated, and I think it was him. He walked in and oh. got out right away here. Yeah, they were um, talking about records. Well, it says here he was eliminated by Mark Henry. At least that's what I wrote mm-hmm. in my notes. Yeah, he. I thought he walked in and then did the clothesline right, right over the top is what I thought happened. But maybe I'm just kind of filling in the blanks. I, I might know. I might be wrong too because I know that there was someone that they said actually never got you, actually I'm okay. wrong. I'm wrong. You know who it was Hornswoggle. Oh yeah he, oh, he never went over the I, top rope. Oh okay. really? Yep. So they better I can't even remember his elimination. They bet they better set up Hornswoggle and uh, Strowman for backlash. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to see it WWE. I'm not kidding. Throw that little bastard oh. in the in the snack aisle. Like oh. throw, just throw him in the C section of the building. I'm fine with that. Right. Is yeah. it a coincidence that the belt is green and he's a leprechaun? Hmm. <laughs> think about think it. So. Think about That's it. That's true. Uh, yeah. I wonder if the at the end of the rainbow there's just a gold belt instead of a pot of gold. <laughs> that might be. Who knows? Because you know, yeah, I, I you would, didn't. I would snag that so fast. You, you people mm-hmm. didn't think you were going to hear leprechaun jokes. Poor ones of that. <laughs> but there, there you go. Uh, Jennifer Aniston sitting beside. We it. got. Uh, <laughs> oh man, we got um, a great Kali out of nowhere. Which, good God, what a waste of time and, that was. And let, let's be honest, great Kali's never out of nowhere. It took him about 42 <laughs> minutes to get to the ring. Everybody That's saw so him. Come. I think people that lived in Syria probably knew he was there. They could right. see the top of his head. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man. He's, he's scared. Like, I don't, you know, he actually killed somebody once in a ring. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Wow, I missed that. Yeah. So did WWE, apparently. Um, I know. Didn't Mysterio recently? He killed the man. That's, he was wrestling. Didn't he? Uh, I don't think. It, I don't think you could blame Ray. No, not I, on purpose. Because yeah. the guy had the same injury that Edge did and didn't know it. Uh, oh, okay. So bad, yeah. bad drop kick to the back. Yeah, but you know, it's but Kali. I'm assuming he actually had hands that killed somebody yeah. accidentally. I can believe it. Um, but yeah, and he apparently runs the biggest and only wrestling school in India now. So. You know, that's yeah. I saw. I've heard. I heard someone. 
I want to say it was like one of the women from NXT that was trained by the great Kali. And I'm mm-hmm. like, who the fuck is the great Kali training? That's fucking that scary. blew my mind. And if you remember yeah. who she is, uh, mm-hmm. it looks like she was. Yeah, she. I know. She's a large, <laughs> like, tall woman. Slow moving. Yep. Very yeah. weird. I know. It's, yeah. it's like, look, I, I'm all for the WWE trying to find stars everywhere in the globe. Yeah. Um, but dude, you're pushing it with certain people. Like just because you mm-hmm. want there to be stars from a country doesn't mean they're going to be stars. Right. Yeah. It's not going to your numbers like Mahal did. Well, it's yeah. like, think about this. Like, okay, Mark, you, you wrestled, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say hypothetically, you're a big deal in Winnipeg, right? Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Cool. Is that going to play really well in Hong Kong? Right. Not so much. <laughs> no. Well, and that's no. what, that's what, I mean, I just said earlier when we were talking that Okada wouldn't be the kind of star in America that AJ was in Japan. And it's no fault of his own. It's because mm-hmm. most Americans are, he sounds weird. Yeah, exactly. Like, thanks, Jethro. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, you don't look weird or sound weird, but it, it just right. reminds me of one of my favorite Simpsons jokes. Cause I'm going to do this real quick. Yeah. There's an episode where Bart has all these health problems. And he has stupid glasses and platform shoes and shit. And there's one part where he walks into class looking like this giant nerd. And this kid walks up to him with, in a flannel shirt with a, hay, a hayseed in his mouth. And he's like, you look funny. <laughs> there, you, That's the American wrestling oh, fan, man. essentially. Right. <laughs> exactly. So they're bringing it back to wrestling. Uh, you know? well, well, not everybody oh, has man. broadband yet. So, you know, once everybody gets Fios, <laughs> then, uh, you know, yeah. I think attitudes will change. I don't think people yeah. have electricity or toilets in some right. places in this country. <laughs> I'm American, yeah. so I could say that. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to politely uh, stay quiet because I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark, because I'm going to need a place to go if this all goes south right. here. So. Yeah, we're going to spare bedroom. Uh, hope you got a futon. In, but, oh, even better. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I got it better than a futon. Are you kidding? Jeez. Man, you're going you're gonna to sleep with me, Melissa. These goddamn Canadians, man, they got it good. Everybody in this country just (laughs) sleeps on the floor. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Again, I'm not going to comment because I'm polite Uh, and I don't want to upset anybody uh, above or below me. You're you're big on not upsetting people, so that's good. And you, but don't uh, our Tim Hortons don't taste better than your Tim Hortons, so. (laughs) <laughs> Nicest guy in Winnipeg, everybody. All hey, right. Hey, yes. hey. <laughs> by tens. Uh, uh, I noticed uh, Lashley had a couple spots where he, uh, a couple botches there. I can't remember the first one, but at one point, I thought he nearly fucking killed Big Cash. He like dropped him right on his fucking head. And I was like, holy shit. I liked how the announced, oh, he did a brain buster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, really? The one move that you guys don't let people do, yeah. he just pulled off in the- Right. And, yeah. and you know, you know, I don't, I wouldn't want him to die, but I mean, I wouldn't be yeah. mad if Cass wasn't coming back anytime soon. <laughs> well, he, he ain't saw. <laughs> Soft, so he'll be back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And you yeah. can't spell that. <laughs> Brain buster out of nowhere. Man. Garbage. I did love uh, Strowman putting Shane to the table. I thought that was really cool. That was spot. amazing. I thought that yeah. was great. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, and then, I don't know, like, we kind of just, we talked so much. I didn't really talk any specific things. I really like, I really love Elias. Uh, I hope something more happens with him. Another Pittsburgh uh, guy. Yeah. He's yeah. great, man. Uh, I thought he was great in can, this can, as well. Can I just say that I just realized now this whole walk with Elias spells WWE. W- you don't I, pay attention. I did not realize that up until like watching this. 
Apparently, what does WWE you mean? You don't look at my Twitter on Mondays, do you? Uh, I, <laughs> I don't look at Twitter. Well, yes, I do see that you tweet that. I just didn't realize that it actually spelled WWE. It, it yeah. actually took uh, it, it took me phasing out of the Rumble and yeah. looking at my body watching Rumble and then looking at the screen, having four sets of eyes finally mm-hmm. determine wow that actually says wwe i it, mm. yeah i'm slow sometimes guys and <laughs> at the end of like an, of a 90 hour uh event you know I, i'm running on fumes i mm-hmm. seriously i wa- i was wondering at the end of the show what what actually feels longer this show or if i went on a plane to saudi arabia <laughs> yeah. i think if you left at the pre-show you'd make it in time for the rumble Right. Maybe. Man. Yeah, it's very possible. I mean, this is – I mean, that's what kind of hurt the show, I thought, because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're you're presenting this product to somebody for the first time. I yeah. mean, people were yeah. knowledgeable. It's not like they had no idea. Right. But right. it's like, Jesus, you're really asking for a lot. Like, I mean, you could have went to a complete third world country where they don't have water, and after mm-hmm. four hours, be like, look, I'm just going back to my hut. <laughs> this is all great and everything, but I'm fucking tired, and this is just bullshit. I don't need this in my life anymore. Well, can, mm-hmm. can you imagine being an eight-year-old kid there and having to sit through seven hours on like oh, a stadium man. seat? Would, would any of you their fucking able to, cell phones? Uh, would any of you been able to get your parents to take you to a six-hour wrestling show? When you were a kid? No, no. I was lucky no I got to go to what I got to. Yeah, it it was the first show there, and like the prince made this happen. He's getting things more progressive. Awesome. You just don't need an event. So I, I get tired at a three hour indie event. I'm like, fuck, it's three mm-hmm. hours long. I'm done. And this yeah. is double that. Like, I mm-hmm. guess you really want to sell concession. Right. I, I yeah. you know, that's a weird thing too, because it's like you don't, like everybody had all this merchandise. But you mm-hmm. don't see like the people walking through the crowds like you do in a normal stadium. Like nobody's selling food right. or anything. Yeah. Like not that I mean, maybe there were. I didn't see any. But mm-hmm. it's just I, a, it was a strange environment, and I don't mean that it disparagingly. Really it's just from what I'm used to seeing, it was incredibly mm-hmm. different. But I yeah. will give them credit in one one fashion. Mm-hmm. It was really nice to watch a wrestling show in 2018 uh-huh. where there's no smart fans in the crowd. Yes. Oh. <laughs> now, you know I didn't have to That's hear true. this is awesome. I didn't have to hear yeah. this is wrestling and you deserve yeah. mm-hmm. it. And this, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Or, or like wrestle forever. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but now, I, when Angle came down, I did hear a small you suck. You suck, thing, yeah. Which is now, awesome. Here, here's something that I did see, too, and I thought this was interesting. They handed these people call sheets. Oh? Oh, Basically, really? Yeah, like the, uh, the ones that I saw, I saw you suck was on there. I saw huh. like uh, Cena sucks was one of them. Um, okay, and this one was like, wait a minute, this is on here. I now maybe I'm being ignorant here, okay? Mm-hmm. But I thought it was very strange that they gave a call sheet to a Saudi Arabian audience to yell out and chant, "Joe is going to kill you." <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But it's like they they wanted them to know the stuff, but I'm uh, like, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna get that right. shit. Like, are they gonna yeah. read this? Like, oh, here comes that Joe guy. He's going to murder someone in front of us. Like, <laughs> I don't he's, know. He's gonna kill me. Uh, what did I do? Come on. Like Joe's right. gonna kill you. No, Joe's gonna kill you. No, Joe's gonna kill yeah. you. Like, I, I, Joe's <laughs> killing everyone. Who's this you guy? Because oh, I don't have any issues right now. 
It's like, apparently mm. in the main event tonight, Joe is going to kill 60,000 people in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and there's no blading. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <right>. yeah, <laughs> about death all you want, guys, but we're not barbarians. We're not going to cut ourselves. I mean, if right. we want blood, we'll just have Brock punch you in the face. And Pop you open. Yeah. Geez. That's better for your brain. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of jump to my, my thoughts, my star rating, my final thoughts on this sure. rumble here. Uh, I gave this one four stars. Uh, it felt a little long just because there was 50 uh, entrants, but I thought there were some really good moments here. Um, and I thought the correct person ended up winning. He, I just, I love Strowman. Um, and I just feel like it's only a matter of time until he finally is holding gold that actually matters. And I can't wait to see that. Um, he is a monster and it was, it was shown really well here. Um, he's just done a remarkable job of getting to where he is now since his debut with the Wyatt family. And again, everything I read about him and have heard from him, he just seems like he's a genuinely humble and a good person. And so I'm I'm just like glad to see him being able to rise to the top here. Um, I really hope that he, uh, like we had mentioned before, I really hope he like touts this belt around, but I'm disappointed to hear that he's already not on Raw. But so overall, I give this one uh, four stars out of a solid um royal rumble and they had some cool spots that kept me entertained throughout most of it and i thought it was the best match of the night for me so what about you uh mark chris I yeah i don't know ash right. uh, <laughs> just throwing out I, names I, I enjoyed the rumble because like it's hard not to enjoy uh, especially mm-hmm. when reigns is not in the rumble so you know it's gonna be fun <laughs> um i i well, Strowman winning makes sense of course, I was gunning for Jericho at the end because, well, it's Jericho, uh, and I thought, and I thought too, you know, it's it, it is uh, in the Middle East, and he's a name that you know might have wrestled just after Warrior, uh, mm-hmm. so I thought he had a chance to win just because yeah. who he was. Uh, but I enjoyed it. A few botches, a lot of funny spots. Um, this this saved the card from a, a fail for me. Uh, I give it three and three quarter stars. Awesome. And how about you, Ed? Um, I'd go about three and a half. Um, okay. Again, I think the right guy won. I like Strowman a lot. I think he's come a long way, like you said. Um, I actually think that's going to be the guy that beats Brock. And uh, Oh, God, I and, hope so. And we're going to see him and Reigns again at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I thought the Royal Rumble was good. Um, it was a little long. Um, but they're, they're pretty fun to watch when they're live, you know, like mm-hmm. just to kind of see how everything turns out. No crazy surprises. I thought they did some good spots. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, man, I thought Rey Mysterio here looked amazing in this match. <laughs> he really did. Right. He has found the fountain of youth or just being away from wrestling, you know, full time has been a, a total bonus for Ray. So I was glad to see that as well. And, you know, man, I, I know it's a joke and everything, but like, Titus falling literally made this for me. It was so much fun. <laughs> it was cool. So I gave it three and a half stars. It was a fun Royal Rumble. Yeah. I didn't know awesome. that uh, Mysterio was an Eagles fan. <laughs> that surprised me. I didn't know what that was. I'll be honest with you. I'm not all up on the superheroes. So I'm like, sometimes he does them and I get them. And sometimes I'm like, I don't, it's just green. Yeah, I don't know what that was either, to be honest with you. No idea. But he looked like in good shape, man. Oh, he sure. Did, yeah. Well, he's been working the indies. Uh, like, he hasn't stopped mm-hmm. wrestling, right? And well, I know he, he had a shoulder industry, though. He had a what? He had a shoulder injury because he was supposed to fa- – on that uh, 
I forget what you know the show the the New Japan show where the yes. uh, the Golden Lover yeah. Ray was supposed to fight uh, Jushin Liger on that show. Yes, oh, uh, wow. but I think it's because he was aiming for a WWE. Uh, no, I, I think it's because of this. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I, I, sure. See, my guess would be no, because at the time, I don't think Ray even knew that was happening. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I don't, I really don't think Ray would do, like, Ray was at that show. He showed up and spoke in the ring. Yeah, actually that's did right. A spot that's at the right. End. He was. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I hmm. honestly think Ray at this point is very much like Jericho. He can come and go as he pleases. Yeah. They're not going to push either one of them to a major title or put them in a major, you know, like WrestleMania program. But it can work to their advantage when they want to bring guys in. Maybe some guys get hurt or something, and it's like, well, we don't really have any guys in. Let's bring Ray in. Let's bring Jericho in. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a good – I think it's a good policy for WWE to keep the door open yeah. for certain guys. So okay. I was happy to see Ray. So And, that, and, that, I, and I think you're right, too, because it, that, that show was from March 25th. Which I had watched recently. That's what I'm thinking. It was close to this event. It was but a pretty good it, show, wasn't it? Oh, it was a fantastic show. Yeah, the Gold Lovers against the uh, against Bucks. Uh, the Bucks was fantastic. Yeah, it was a fun show, man. I liked that a lot. I, yeah. I'm really looking for. I know it's a little off the subject, but I'm looking forward to to New Japan doing some more stuff in the U.S. because I think that you know there there's room for it. There's legitimately not a number two in the United States anymore to mm-hmm. me. Um, I think Ring of Honor's kind of fallen by the wayside. Impact isn't even in the usa anymore yeah so you know you're you're really looking at companies like pwg and stuff as the number two and they're they're rolling on a small circuit the way they want to do it which is good for their business but it's it we are far far off from the days of wcw yeah oh yeah there is no number two so that'd be a great way and once they have their american dojo settled and they start running more shows because they have another show, I think, around San Francisco in July. So the it's going to happen Palace. a lot more. And now they're, I think they're in Toronto soon too to do a co-headline with ROH. So okay. they're, they're slowly integrating themselves in North America. It's a matter of time before they, we see them on a regular basis. I think so too. And I mean, I think it's, I think it was good for a while that they were working with Ring of Honor, but unfortunately, I think that Ring of Honor has kind of prioritized New Japan a little bit too much. And to see New Japan guys constantly going over their talent, it's not good for their company. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. So they're, they're just basically doing anything they can to just work with as many people and stay relevant in the, the whole U.S. picture, which is not easy. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Very interesting. All right, Mark, what are your final thoughts and your uh, letter grade rating for the Greatest Royal Rumble? Uh, final thoughts. I thought most of the card was garbage. Um, it could have been done better. Uh, but again, it being a, a glorified house show, it's exactly what I got. The Fed was in town yesterday for like a SmackDown show on a Monday night. Didn't go. If it was Raw, it would have went. Um, I think the show was saved by the, uh, well, the second half was a lot better than the first half, that's for sure. Saved by the ladder match, saved by Nakamura and, uh, AJ. And I really enjoyed the rumble. Um, mm-hmm. and Br- Brock and Reigns was good too. Um, but it finished on a high note. Um, I just think they could have shed at least 90 minutes from this card. Um, my final grade, I would give it, oh, C minus. Okay, so C minus from Mark, and what about you, Ed? Um, you know, it it was an okay show. Um, it had ups and downs. There was a couple good matches. I I really liked the la- the ladder match was probably my favorite match of the night out of the, okay. the singles matches. I did enjoy the rumble, which I usually do. Like I said, I think the right guy won that too. 
Um, you know, nothing crazy. I, and, and also, too, the, the cruiserweight match was a lot of fun. So, I, but the funny thing is, I'd give the same exact grade, C minus. Okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so the greatest Royal Rumble match itself was actually a lot of fun to watch for me. Um, but the rest of the card just make it made it feel like I'm going to use these same words that we've said a hundred times tonight, but a glorified house show. Um, not only was there no story progression at all, but not a single belt change stands, excluding the raw belts, tag belts, but that doesn't count. They were vacant anyway, and there was mm-hmm. only one team that could win, so yada. Um, and then obviously you kept out the women's division, but it's because of where the, of the location of the event. Can't really blame WWE for that, but it's still a shame that the best at some of the best athletes are left off the card. Um, for some reason, I thought there were a lot of botches tonight that I didn't expect to see. Um, so it just made it feel like the competitors didn't really care as much as they could have. Um, and that feeling was kind of present throughout the whole card as most of it just felt lifeless for me. Uh, that may be, again, like we mentioned, a product of the, the arena where they were, the setup they used. Um, but either way, a lot of the moments that may have come off better elsewhere didn't come off as well as it could have here. So it just didn't feel like there was a lot at stake. Um, the card on paper could have been spectacular, but instead we just get a mediocre, mediocre show with a strong main event. So basically like the opposite of WrestleMania. Um, the uh, pacing I thought was weird at points. The matches seemed to come like right after another at the start. And then there was that intermission and uh, a couple hours in that really slowed things down. Um, so I'm wondering if like the WWE was experimenting a bit because of how poorly the last hour of WrestleMania was received. I don't know, but it was just, it didn't work very well, whatever they did. Um, only one match on the card was above three stars for me, which is a real shame. Um, one or two, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, so because of the loss potential, I'm given the greatest Royal Rumble final grade. Uh, I gave it a C. So we are all pretty much across the board with uh, an average house show that was on the WWE Network. So it was free. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And- I thought it was kind of unfortunate, too, as a side note that um, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but after the show aired, uh, mm-hmm. apparently there was a, an apology written to the viewers from, I guess, the I don't know what you would necessarily call it other than the kingdom, maybe, of Saudi Arabia. Okay. Oh. And it was because of, you know, the commercial that they air for, like, the pay-per-views kind of being no longer brand exclusive and everybody's kind yes. of singing. Oh, yeah. it's, it's it's a horribly awkward commercial. Oh, it's, yeah. it's garbage. But, um, it's a weird but the they, world. But they apologized yeah. because women were shown on the show singing. And Jeez, oh, um, are you serious? I, I can't say that I was thrilled with you know, the the, wow. the laws of the land to begin with, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed after seeing that. And, yeah. you know, when I, I didn't necessarily begrudge the WWE for doing the show in the first place, mm-hmm. but after I saw that, it left a bad taste in my mouth. And frankly, this is just me. This is nothing against the people of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. just the people representing them. I really don't care if the WWE ever goes back. Yeah. yeah. It's just, wow. that's... It, the WWE is pushing women's wrestling as a revolution, and it really is in the business mm-hmm. itself, and it's impressive mm-hmm. what they've been able to do, and they went and did the show, okay, fine, but if you continue to do these shows without the women, you're doing them a disservice in the business. They deserve a little bit better than that. That's just my personal opinion, not the opinion of the show, but I, th- <laughs> I think the women deserve better than that. I'm sorry, but I no. do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's, that's now, crazy. No, I don't want to play devil's advocate, but the way that Carmelo was asking for a bottle of water and then drank that bottle of water, 
Yeah. It was pretty suggestive, okay? My, my mind went places. My mind went places. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So that is going to wrap things up for tonight. So uh, if you, if for some reason, this is the first time you're listening to us here at Cinefessions, definitely check out our main episodes of the Cinefessions podcast. Keep in mind, though, our main show is not a pro wrestling podcast, uh, but a media podcast that focuses, focuses in on a specific film review every week. Um, we, plus, we look at um, the other media that we've been consuming throughout the week. So, you know, we talk some wrestling in there usually. Um, so definitely check out the main show if you've missed out so far. Um, and just another reminder, you can find Cinefessions on all the major social media platforms, including Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can find me on my personal Twitter feed at Simon1, P-S-Y-M-A-N-1. I'm also on Letterboxd with that same username. And I finally updated my list yesterday, I think it was. So I'm up to date. Uh, and Mark, where else uh, can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and on Letterboxd at mnado 2 and on Twitter at Mark Nadeau, that's M-A-R-C underscore N-A-D-E-A-U. Excellent. And Ed, where else can we find you online? Well, first off, guys, I just want to say thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. I thought it was a lot of fun. And uh, anybody that wants to follow me in my ramblings, mainly about wrestling, you can do so on Twitter at BloodTypeOnline. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, finally, we just want to ask if you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, let us know about it. Do, a, do us a favor. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, those reviews are essential to helping us grow. So we really appreciate you helping take us to the next level. Um, if you're not using iTunes, feel free to leave us a review on whichever platform it is that you do listen to us so that others can find us more easily. Um, and if you do enjoy what we do here, please share share us with your friends on social media. Word of mouth is arguably the most important way to get people to try out our show. So anyone you can tell about us would be much appreciated. I got to say, I never thought I would feel inadequate discussing pro wrestling, but I did tonight <laughs> and I couldn't be more happy about it. You guys, you know your shit and uh, I just had a fucking blast. Mark, remember before we started, you're like, oh, this might go an hour if we're lucky. Here we are over two hours in, I think. Oh, almost. yeah. Yeah. Two and a half hours, hours for sure. Jeez. Maybe three. Yeah. So Ed, it was it was a real pleasure to have you on. So thanks for thanks for coming yes. on. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it too. Yeah. All right. So we want to say thank you to everyone for listening to the Cinefessions Podcast Special Edition, Volume Three. And remember, in film we trust. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs>